to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, episode 56, in which Joe Chance and I interview Honored Sur FSM, also known as Janie Mae Presley Reeb. But first, BT's Blog, in which I recite questions people sent me and my responses to them. The question is, what is the significance of the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley? My response, much poetry is written about these. Rose of Sharon comes from a King James mistranslation of Crocus of Sharon, Sharon being the region where that kind of crocus is found. But it is from the Song of Songs, I am a Rose of Sharon and a Lily of the Valley. The book is a love poem with three parties, the lover, God, the beloved, the bride, or Malkut, and the witnesses. It is probably the most Sufi-like of anything in the Bible. So, basically, the reference is a dry British Masonic attempt to capture the same kind of lover-beloved relationship between Keter and Malkut, which can more easily be found in the words of Rumi or Hafiz. Mismatched Newlyweds by Hafiz Like a pair of mismatched newlyweds one of whom still feels very insecure. I keep turning to God, saying, Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. The Tablet of Shoebread is sort of confusing also. I understand most of its individual parts, but I'm not putting it together as a whole idea. Further, yod Hey vav Hey is put together in several different permutations. How were the permutations determined, and why put next to particular astrological signs? My response. Each of those permutations of yod Hey vav Hey are used as the divine name of that zodiacal sign. I'm not sure their origin prior to the Golden Dawn. The pattern can be found with the following three rules. 1. That every cardinal sign's permutation is Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh in its normal order, beginning with the letter of the element of that cardinal sign, and wrapping around, if need be, to finish the word. 2. Every fixed sign's permutation is the immediately preceding cardinal sign with the last two letters switched. 3. Every mutable sign's permutation is the immediately preceding fixed sign with the final letter moved to the second position, bumping the second and third letters into the third and fourth positions. Why? I'm not sure. You're not expected to memorize them. In fact, I never have, but I can appear like I have by knowing the three rules I've just mentioned. Our guest tonight is a 4 equals 7 in a traditional GD context, an artist, 
a lover of music, is currently going through cosmetology school with further aspirations to attend CalArts and take the world by storm. But first, let's bring in our co-host, Joe Shands. In the divine name, my hey-o, I invoke thee. So here I am in the triangle again. You know, you don't have to, like, put me in the triangle and a circle. I mean, the circle is really kind of rude, you know, because I'll just come when you call. Just call me up. You don't have to, like, put me in the triangle. I know. Well, at least With I'm the, not doing the inverted and, sword thing. Uh, yeah, you are. You're, oh. holding, you're still holding the sword at me. You don't need to do that. I'm good. Just remember to put the stacks in and I'll be fine. I won't be that cranky. At least I'm smiling this time. Gosh. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it is kind of unnerving looking up out of a mirror at a magician who's got the sword pointed at you and he's frowning. That's too yeah. much. The smile yeah, it, makes it better. Yes. <laughs> Always smile and a, and a please and thank you. I found, and I know a lot of people would laugh at me and I don't really give a crap. But, like, I found in doing, you know, evocational work that um, it's so much nicer to say please and thank you. Yeah. Um, rather than be like, bitch, you <laughs> do this for me because I got the sword. You know, I mean, why not be nice? Why not be polite? You know, manners are free. There are entities that are not super intelligent. And so you just have to, like, be really... You have to kind of spell it out for them. Right. But you still don't have to be a dick about it. Yeah. Um, but if you're dealing with things that are of a... You know, if you're dealing with, like, a, a deity... Yeah. Or, or something that arch, used to be a deity that, that was demonized. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, 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 like, a class of, like, an archangel or, like, at that level. Like, really saying, bitch, do this. Like, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to really work. Like, you're not going to get the results you really want. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. So it looks like our guest is uh, ready to be brought in. We're going to be speaking with Soar FSM, uh, also known as uh, Janie Mae Presley. Presley or Presley Reeb? Presley Reeb. Janie Mae Presley Reeb. So without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Soar. Welcome to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast. Hi. Hiya. Joe, this is my wife, Janie. Janie, this is Joe. Hi. So, Oh, so you're coming out as the, the wife of VH Ratter BT. Wow. You're right off the bat. Uh, what? All this disclosure. <laughs> well, hello. I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, me too. It's nice to meet you. Okay, so so Janie, first question: What's your favorite color? Oh, uh, rainbow. Love that. Yeah, I agree. Rainbow color. Totally, Ir- iridescent color. Yeah, the the color of like like bees' wings. Ooh, Ooh I love that. Or like oil on the surface of a puddle. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, that's. Kind of well, that's like the gross version. It's <laughs> yeah. Still, you can see the rainbows in the industrialized yeah, I guess uh, has beauty and... scum of civilization. It's you know nice. Oh, so as she's giving me a signal, what's what's happening? I can't hear myself. Oh, do you want me here? I'll turn it up. No, you got that. You just need to get closer yeah, to the microphone. It's really, it's, 
well, it's it's tough in the studio because it's so big and there's so much equipment <laughs> that like it's so easy to like fall like trip over it and stuff. So like clearly, like is your is is John the engineer there? Like where, where's the sound engineer? Hey John, <laughs> John, are you here? I, oh my god, I, I don't think he's here. He's so fired. I know that's I ridiculous. So we're just having some wine over here. Yay. Having some vodka. Nice, nice. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just nervous. Janie's shy. Oh, don't be nervous. It's yeah, no, this is this is kind of like extended family kind of thing. So I'm like the weird I'm kind of like the weird uncle of the group. Yeah. That's But I'm that's... not touchy. I'm not t- I'm not touchy, I'm just weird. Okay. I'm kind of like the funny one that wears like the wrong thing all the time. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Well, I, I guess that's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the, the creepy, touchy uncle, that's not good. Yeah, we don't want that guy here. No. It might be fun to start off with a little bit of um, Neil Gaiman. Gaiman? Am I, how, do my, how do you pronounce it? I'm totally... Ag- my wife is oh. the reason why I'm cool. Like, the only things that... yeah. But well, Oh, think- no, see, I was, I was only cool, like, one week when I was 24. Um, <laughs> it was kind of fun, but I'm like, this is too much work. I'm just going to be... I'm not going to be cool anymore. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think being cool is way too much work. But there's a lot of occult symbolism in in the Sandman comics. Is there? Oh, I guess there oh, is. Oh, oh, that is so cool that you that you know Sandman. I I um I wasn't that into him, but I had a friend who really was. So I was like, this is so cool, and I loved um I loved the depiction of death as kind of like this the um this kind of happy goth girl. I mm-hmm. loved that. That was yeah. so. cool. That was Janie when I met her. She she modeled her look after death in the... Well, she was modeled after Susie Sue. So. Ah. Was Susie Sue wearing the black onk or was that just death? Um, Some, somewhere think... along the line, a black onk was added. Yeah, yeah but think... Susie Sue wasn't so happy. Like, she wasn't yeah, really, but... like, happy-go-lucky like death was in those comics. She kind of reminded me... I love Susie me... Sue, by the way. Yeah, me too. But she, I think she, like, she was... She looked like Susie Sue, but I think she like her expression reminded me of like Kim Deal or something like just this kind mm. of nice person who, you know. Now, wasn't one of them Tori Amos? Yeah, one of them was Tori Amos, or you know. That wasn't death. Modeled though. after her? No, no, that it was, was um, that was Delirium. Oh. She okay, kinda... so speaking of Susie Sue, I gotta tell you who I really want to get on the podcast. I'm, I'm actually gonna work on this, but it's gonna take a while. I really want uh, Genesis Peorage mm-hmm. because I don't know if you guys know of him. I do. Brian Dahl on... works with him. Oh yeah, so you guys like know the whole like backstory. He, he's in episode twenty three. I think that like he's just so interesting, and he's got he's he's actually he's if you look at him from an exoteric perspective, people are like, Oh my God, this guy's like freaking weird. Like get him away from me. It's too much, but he's developed. He's, he's actually through his life has created so many concepts and things that are, you know, actually seen as normal today Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't even think about. And he, he really normalized stuff for, you know, just being himself and being out there and creating just the thing that he's creating. And it's, it's, really interesting i'd love to talk with him 
you know, about magic and about the occult and everything. Cause he, I mean, he, he was an order chief actually. And then really? he abandoned, well, he abandoned it. Yeah. He, the temple of psychic youth mm. was all his thing, but he did it the right way. He actually was just like, he created like all the stuff and it was really kind of an interesting offshoot of what Crowley did. But then he was like, okay, you know what? The experiment's done. It's over with. I'm closing it down. And then it was the people who were just sort of like, no, you can't, you can't take this away from us. We're going to continue on. And he's like, fine, but it's not like it's the current's done. So whatever you want to do, go for it. But I'm not a part of it. How interesting. Which, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like the anti-order chief, which I really, really like. It was kind of, I, I, I like the idea of like, okay, we're going to create something really good. It's going to be really beautiful. And you know what? When it's time to step away, we're going to step away from this. And yeah, if you guys want to continue that work, fine. But, you know, at some point it kind of does become reductive and sort of the same thing over and over again. And if you like that, that's great. But, you know, you know, time to evolve. And I love that the idea of, evo of constant evolution. Right. <laughs> so, Jamie, I'm really I'm so I'm really curious, like about your about your path. Like what what like how did you kind of start on? an esoteric path like what what did you kind of choose along the way um and kind of where are you where are you now i don't know i i remember when i was a teenager i was always hanging out at alexandria to bookstore in pasadena and i just yeah. remember being surrounded by my friends who worked there and um there was some crossover with that place and the coffee house that i hung out at where i would receive tarot readings that you know were really mind opening and I don't remember really even asking anybody questions like how can I do this or like so it wasn't until I met Edward that I really well Richard knew some well yeah but I, I never really assumed that I could participate in it right <laughs> even though I was surrounded by it and interested in it and then when I met you, it was like, oh, so you mean I can do this stuff? <laughs> like, I, I didn't think it was for everybody. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, but, but you seemed really open to the idea that someone could kind of like do a tarot reading and it would be accurate. Mm-hmm. That's know, really cool. Yeah, I was, I, I don't think of myself as a person who's closed off to things that they don't understand. I mean... I think that's that's not me. <laughs> My mom was an artist, and I loved like reading, um, you know, like Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, and oh yeah, other fantasy, like finding a portal to another place, and yeah. But it was always something that happened to other people, or maybe in my imagination, but never in reality. So I mean, of course, I was really excited to learn that you can do that. And it's possible. It's just a matter of what you're willing to accept as reality. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the, the, one of the key things that I love about um, sort of the, the, the age that we're living in is that in a way it kind of should be demystified, like that there really is a process to do certain things and, you know, it's just, anyone can do it and anyone has access to it if they, if they want it, if they don't want it, that's totally fine too. Or if they want to pursue a different, you know, reality or a different path. But I love that, that idea that it's like sort of like, yeah, it is accessible. Yeah. Yeah. 
So was it like a really fast journey for you or did you kind of like, was it kind of like you would, you would maybe take some steps and you'd be like, Oh my God, like I'm so weirded out. Like I, I did something and it worked. Um, <laughs> and you know, what was it like for you? Uh, you know, honestly, I felt like for the most part at the beginning, it was just me trying really hard to make it work. Um, so I, I don't think I really fully got what was happening at first. And I think it was a long and frustrating process. Mm. Um, so I, I'm just kind of a slow learner, I guess. Um, so for me now, I, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I do, I do kind of experience things that, you know, like when you try to tell somebody else about it, it sounds kind of, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this. No, well, no. The audience I, I, is pretty open-minded though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, your audience is, but I, I love this idea of, of sort of like that struggle because, you know, there are people that, um, you know, the learning curve is just different for different people. And I think that, that the people that, um, you know, kind of experience it more slowly, like really grasp it at a deeper level ultimately than people who are just like a natural that's like, Oh yeah, my, I'm like a fourth generation witch or whatever. And yeah, I totally get this. And I have these technicolor visions and, you know, further along the path, they like totally crash and burn versus people who like really struggle with it, but like persist and like, you know, really kind of get, get it. Was that kind of your experience or, yeah, I think you you're pretty spot on. <laughs> I didn't give up on it though and 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 now cuz I mean I my mind is a scientific one for the most part. So um staying open because I want to I want to examine what what I'm experiencing on like a on a, I know it can't, it can't be done scientifically, but have a a scientific <clears throat> approach to what's happening so that it can be, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm so bad at speaking. No, it's totally cool. <laughs> I, going. I, I, um, I started like questioning everything I was saying halfway through. <laughs> speaking yeah, of, I did that too. Speaking yeah. Of, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm more of a listener than a talker. Totally cool. So like, you know, it's great. Like, it seems like you were introduced to everything through Ed, which is great. Did you find like being a woman that like other people other than because Ed's awesome, but like, did you find like other people would particularly guys would sort of really question, you know, your experience and you had to kind of justify it? Or was it kind of cool? Like, how is it being a woman like kind of like figuring out this path? Well, I think in the beginning, you noticed that there were women who would fawn over me when they when they found out who I was they're like that's very honored frater bt oh, and they're like sitting yeah. right behind you but then they found out that you were my girlfriend and they were kind of like pushing you to the side and people were being pretty rude to you back then when you were in that neophyte. was interesting yeah. i forgot about that Thank you for reminding me. Oh, yeah. Edward no. always remembers everything better than I do. Yeah, you earned your, your place for sure. And not only that, but there were there was the schism kind of halfway through your journey in, in that right. egregore. So most of the people with any brains left, I mean, you know, no offense to the OGDU, but 
Um, <laughs> I agree. So, I mean, nobody really was around that was going to look down their nose at her. And there was one guy. I won't say who it was. But anyway, nice guy. Uh, he was there when when I had said that Janie was uh, going to perform the invocation of ISIS for a video I was making. He was saying, well, does she understand what's going oh. on with that? <laughs> oh, she, my God. That, that, that was right before everybody left to form the CSS. So that was funny, though. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. But but I mean, that that's actually one of the questions I wanted to uh, ask if you don't mind talking a little bit about is like, I remember we were talking personally about when you would invoke ISIS in, in full ritual in front of everybody and you'd go into this other mode and that helped you with your stage fright and, mm. and you'd hear your own voice when we did the recording, you were listening to your own voice and going into another persona to channel ISIS. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk just a little bit, a few words about that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, like it's, it's easier for me to um to pretend to be somebody else <laughs> and then that person like pretend to be a person who's not scared and um can can say or do anything in any sort of manner yeah um whereas i on the other hand am and riddled with anxieties right i can totally relate to that but, but that's a beautiful thing about things like god forms and I, you know it's interesting like i i took when I was in grad school, I took an acting class and what he, what this guy was basically trying to do that the, the teacher, he was actually kind of telling you how to do God forms from an, from a very Isaiah perspective. And it was really interesting. It was like, well, you know, you could, you can elevate that if you want to, or you can keep it at this like really earthly level. But like, if you reach up, you know, particularly with ISIS, like ISIS is always like fine with reaching down. Um, and you're, you know, you can totally get, get those messages, particularly if you're really open and empathic and, and whatever. Um, actually I got to tell you a funny story. So, um, and you might, I don't know if you, you'll relate to this or not, but I remember at, um, the, what do you call, what did, what did the order call the ISIS day? It was like ISIS, like. It was the ISIS invocation or something. Something. It was like it was like ISIS Day. So right. it was like, you know, we had this whole thing around ISIS Day. So, um, they they ha- and they had a different different time. So the whole thing was that you would have like, I don't know, like one time there were like three women who were uh, um, either adepts or like portal members, and they were evoking ISIS. It was ISIS speaking through them. Hmm. And I remember this one adept and, and she will go unnamed because, <laughs> but I think it was hilarious. She was like, like, I couldn't hear what she was saying. Cause it was like the very, like there's music in the background and stuff. She was ripping this guy to shreds oh <laughs> and I'm like, okay, can I not get her? <laughs> so I did get her. I got, I got someone else oh, who wow. we all know. And I, you know, my heart goes out to her. Um, and she like gave me a really like it was like a terror a really good tarot reading and it was like yeah okay i'm i'm like this is good but um i asked this that adept later on i'm like so what like like what the hell was going on like you were like really ripping into that guy and she's like yeah she was like i she's like i wouldn't normally do that but it was really coming in 
And she's like, I'm not going to tell you what I saw, but she's like, you know, there was serious stuff going on. And Isis like, yeah, she's like going to be nice, loving, warm mama at times, but sometimes she can be like, you know what? You're not doing what you should be doing. And as your mother, like you need to like clean your house a little bit. Yeah. But like what I gathered from her is like, this guy was kind of really on a very bad path for himself. And I just was just like, you know, you got to like, you got to look at your life and you got to figure this stuff out. Cause you're not going down where the path you're going down is leading you to a place you don't want to be. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean that, that call for me, that calls a whole bunch of things into question that there's a lot of unknowns there that, that I can't really conclude in my mind based on all that, like that I'm in favor of the way she was doing the reading. You know what I mean? Like, cause I mean, I don't know. All it's this. So I don't hard. know the whole, I don't know the whole right. story. Yeah. It's so hard. Cause it's all personal. Like you're, it's, it's all about like, you've got this archetype and you've got this deity and you've got, the personal filter that you have as the stuff's coming down. So it's all being right. You know, in a, in a way, unless you're connecting directly, like it's all going to be, it's all going to have a, a level of untruth to it. Cause it's all about it being filtered on the other hand. Um, and Jenny, I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Cause it seems like you, you do this evocational work uh, a bit, but it's kind of like, you know, when I'm in trouble, or if I'm like really in a, an emotionally charged place, the readings I do for myself totally suck. <laughs> and I usually have to get a friend who's a bit less, you know, cause you can do an LBRP and yeah, it's like, okay, well you, sh- if you're an adept, you should be able to banish properly or whatever. But you know, sometimes you're in those States where you're human and you're like, okay, look, I'm in trouble and I need someone to really do a better reading for me. And you need someone objective who can kind of like take it, you know, who isn't involved, but can take a look at the mess in your life and be like, okay, you know what? Here's the deal. Now there's always going to be that bit of untruth because, you know, if I ask, you know, if I ask VH Trader BT, like what, what, what's going on in my life, it's going to be filtered through his own, you know, his own person versus if I ask you, Janie, it's going to be, going to be like, it's going to be filtered through your person. So it's, it's going to be the same overall message, but it's going to be flavored with your personalities. I think I mean, I'd love to hear your perspective about that. She's, she's afraid. I don't know. <laughs> well, Sometimes she just like... looks at me panicked and starts mouthing like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's good. Sorry. Well, you know, why don't we shift to like, 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 so what's on your mind right now? Like, what do you want to talk about? Oh my God. I have, like nothing on my mind because I'm so tired all the time. From she does. School. She's in cosmetology I'm school. Like, oh my god! That's all that's, I can think about. Oh, doing nail stuff right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know actually the, the okay. So let's try to take it to another place, which is that you know if are you, so in your school, do you actually work on people, on like real people? Yeah, um, we have clients who come in and um, they're often elderly and need um, care, you know, like grooming. And um, so, yeah, we, we, we get to work on real people. 
So you're touching their hair and stuff. Like, that's really personal. Yeah. Do you get, do you get like this empathic thing from that? Or do you not, like, not, not so much? I feel that when um, I'm involved in the process of grooming somebody, I'm, I'm saying the word grooming because, you know, it, a lot of it is grooming. You're, you're brushing their hair, you're washing their hair, you're right. talking to them and making sure they're comfortable. And, and I've noticed that when I'm engaging with people in that way, which is normally something I would be afraid to do, they, um, most people really enjoy, uh, you know, having that experience from me and, and they really seem to like, um, the way that I care for them, which makes me feel really good, I guess. And it does feel like a healing, um, process is happening because they're, they're people who really need, um, <clears throat> hands, the care, you know, yeah. Yeah. To, you know, I, so I used to work, um, as a volunteer on the suicide prevention hotlines, um, where, where I lived at, I, I need to, need to get back into it, but like I, you know, once things kind of settle down a little bit for, for me, but, um, the basic idea was that a lot of people didn't have a, so you kind of go through a process. It's like, okay, are you suicidal and do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. And if, most people really didn't have a point. They're like, Oh, you know, I am really feeling really bad. It's like, okay, well, you know, basically you get 15 minutes of my time mm-hmm. and I, you know, that's your 15 minutes and you can do with it whatever you want. And I remember when I first joined, there was this person who she, call, she calls a lot, like she was a regular caller and it's like, okay, you know what you can do. If you just want to be silent, I'm totally comfortable with, uncomfortable silence so we can stay it, 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 literally i was watching the clock she was silent for three minutes and we're still on i'm like you know what i'm totally cool with this it's your 15 minutes if you want to spend three minutes in silence we'll do that and so i kind of feel like you know maybe that's kind of a similar experience where you kind of like you know you're you know they they're they're your clients for a time and they're going to get like, maybe it's going to be a really esoteric thing, or maybe it's just going to be like, you know what, I'm just holding you and I'm doing your hair and I'm making you more beautiful. And that's, that's our time together. And that's therapeutic. Like that probably helps their soul too, you know? Oh yeah. I think if you watch, I mean, we're basically animals, right? I mean, all animals, all mammals, that I've seen, they spend time together and one of them will groom the other. And it seems to kind of be an essential part of the, of their, you know, what makes them feel like part of the community yeah. and a sense of well-being. Yeah. 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 And that the bonding of the oxytocin connection yeah. and the, yeah. I'm, I love I'm that. Too, yeah. I was getting all sciencey. Uh, remember the everything. snow monkeys? Yeah, <laughs> we we went up to Jigo Kudani uh, in Japan and we saw the snow monkeys grooming each other that in the hot so springs. That is so cool. <laughs> I yeah. love that. We were taking baths together. <laughs> you know, my mate actually gets really upset when I pretend to like take mites out of his head and like, eat them. <laughs> yeah, Jamie gets really upset, but I, <laughs> like I find it endlessly amusing, so I still do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the, it's a, it's not Valencia. Where's CalArts? It's in, is it in Valencia? Mm-hmm. We went on a tour of CalArts and found out that it was all inspired by uh, Mary, Mary Poppins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That was fun. Oh, did you did you actually? There was a great movie about the whole Mary Poppins thing. It was really actually quite dark. Mm. Um, it was really sad, and the woman who wrote the book for ages, like the the Walt Disney, actually tried to woo her personally, and I I cannot for the life of me think of the name of the movie. Oh, um, right. the one with Tom Sa- Hanks and Saving all that? Mr. Banks. Yeah. Yes. My friend that Victoria one. Summers played uh, oh Mary Poppins God. in that one. Um, P.L. P. Travers, is that the author of Mary Poppins? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I have that movie actually on the computer right now. I've oh, been meaning yeah, to we haven't watch seen it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's another recommendation for that. We totally. Should see it. I love Mary Poppins. That's like my favorite movie. And it's so interesting how like these really sort of happy things and, you know, actually have some, some darkness kind of behind them um, in terms of, of the, the creative, um, the creative impulse to kind of create them and, and to make them happen. And I know like Walt Disney was so into like really trying to, to get that into, into his system. And, it it took a, a lot of effort and she just like hated everything. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. That sounds like the right reaction. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, I have mixed feelings about Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he was kind of creepy really. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of that creepiness has, has dissolved over time, but there was a lot of like, really, I mean, when you look at some of the, the early, stuff that he did i mean there was really a lot of kind of darkness that that was baked into a lot of his work and 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 he was kind of like that he had that kind of creepy smile the like i'm the uncle that'll like touch you inappropriately kind of smile (laughs) yeah it's funny the more time goes on the more people seem to forgive that for being old timey like oh that's how things were back then Everybody well, was Michael Jackson. Everyone, everyone loves Michael Jackson now, but everyone like it's hard to find people who are like, yeah, I would remember when people were like, yeah, touching boys not so not so fun, but yeah. like and like the woman who like basically prostituted her son to go over to Michael Jackson's place. It's kind of like really like you know that's not cool, but but like now that's no one talks about that at all. It's yeah. like. Oh yeah, off the walls. My favorite album of all time. It's like, yeah, you would admit that like twenty years ago, but whatever. <laughs> Remember the Ankh initiations? There'd always be that song, "Heal the World." Oh God, Katie, I'll just love that oh, song. I, I just to that catch that made me vomit. <laughs> yeah, I still like the song. It really induces vomit. <laughs> I know. I can't deal. Oh my God. I remember the first time I saw that and I looked over at Edward and I'm like... It was like the fifth or sixth time that it was looping. And what like, is happening? You, is this seriously going to keep playing for hours Yeah, I'm sorry, but, but, but really, TDL's... Like, okay, so TDL, I will say, I'm grateful to him for introducing me to um, Libra because actually oh, yeah. I, find, yeah. I still find that really inspiring. But like the Michael Jackson shit, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's... That's I recently sent him uh, an Archangel Michael Jackson uh, illustration <laughs> just because it made me think of it. <laughs> he said, thank you. That's very sweet. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, he, Libra, wait, wait, wait. great stuff. So he acknowledges you even though you're Paul. Oh, yeah. No, he he's, he he's a fan of the show, actually. 
Oh no, so he's heard me trash talk. TDL, I love you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we all love TDL. Yeah. Who knows it? In the earlier episodes, I called him a true believer. I called him, you know, he if he listened to the whole show, then he. He's but heard I all still my stand by that Michael Jackson part of the ritual made me want to. People had a hard time faces. with that. Yeah, he. But he was convinced that the angels loved it. I remember there'd be times <sighs> just have it playing in an empty temple for like three weeks straight, so, be, so the archangels would be happy. Wow, they've got strange taste. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, I'd, yeah. I'd like yeah, to check in and be like, oh, it was skipping, so I fixed it. Now the, you know, it's playing again. <laughs> like, call him up at work. <laughs> I'm taking care of business here at the temple. <laughs> no offense to anybody, but... <laughs> Everybody has their thing. Oh, speaking of which, um, did you see a, a message I sent you about a guy in India who's a wizard? I know. Like, what's up with that? Like, it was so weird, too, because, you know, I mean, traditionally, you know, not to say, like, the, what this guy is or, or you know, you, you think of, of most Indians as, as Hindu. But this guy was like, oh, I'm Sikh. into chaos magic. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, he started Hindu. out as a Sikh. Oh, OK. So okay. He's a, like a Sikh. Um, what was the? But he's into Sufism and stuff, which yeah. is typically Islamic, and right. and that's just really interesting. I love people who kind of like cross yeah. various boundaries. He to said like he's do studied Crowley, but he doesn't consider him a prophet. I'm like, we've got to get this guy on the show because I mean, usually Absolutely. I have all my Indian guests are on the To Be a Yogi podcast, but I mean, I think this might be our first, you know, uh, crossover with uh with indian culture on the esoteric nerd podcast it'll be pretty cool but he's also a musician and he said that he often uses music with his wizardry i love that 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 word has become a thing there's a guy in pakistan he wants me to hook him up with a a full-on genuine harry potter wand and i'm like explaining (laughs) the lotus wand to him and he's like well that's cool but i kind of want the harry potter wand i'm like okay and i and you know first i was totally trash talking it's actually but it's actually all possible if you think about it because you can you know and and you don't even have to necessarily do the lotus wand but i actually like um so I, i was thinking about this like long ago and i kind of um was going to do my own thing. And I actually got, I actually bought one of those like cheesy, um, Harry Potter ones from like, you know, one of the sources like, of, you know, like commercial source, but it was actually a really quite nice piece of wood. And, you know, rather than like waving, you know, a Lotus, like, you know, cause it's impractical to carry a Lotus wand right. around with you. You know, you could actually have kind of a miniature version of it. In, in physical form and you can make it like whatever you want. So you could actually have, you know, a Lotus wand, but you can also do other kinds of things based on like your own creative impulse and what you wanted to in- evoke. And, you know, if you remember Voldemort, like one of the interesting things that Voldemort had, he did have that um, cool wand. He put a crystal on had, the end of it after you left. Well, he had that staff that had that burned, like the whole Hebrew alphabet uh, right. along it. And oh, so yeah. like, you know, you can create like all sorts of different things, you know, just because something isn't within one tradition. If you have things that you think, you know, are really useful to evoke, I mean, you can certainly add power to that and, you know, even just touch it, you know, with a touch, you're bringing that, that energy forth. So if you want to bring forth, you know, for Janie, like Janie is an example, like if you want to bring forth like calmness, like if you are like get into that calm place and like you evoke it, evoke that thing into an object 
you know, just even touching that object will bring that, that feeling back to you. Um, so that, that's, you know, certainly an idea. And that's, mm -hmm. that, and that's why I think the golden Dawn should have been all along. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you have a Lotus one and it should be this height and it should be from this kind of wood. And it's like, well, F that, like, why not just have like whatever you want yeah. and do yeah. whatever, you know? Well, and I told him, you know, at first, I was totally trashing. I was saying, you know, that Harry Potter isn't real. You know, that, that whole thing is made up based on real things. And there is real stuff over here. And then, you know, but in the end, I, I ended up, you know, kind of kind of conceding because he just really, really, really wants oh, to be a Harry Potter actually, wizard. <laughs> we, but, but no, actually, there, there are really cool things about that. Because if you think about the power words uh, that mm. were created, so... If you do something like the, the the really evil, and I still think it's it's truly evil, the Ritual Five work that that, oh, God. Uh, that was done, <laughs> but that was all about that's fundamentally about empowering a word using ritual. Right. Yeah, you can do that, and so like you can actually then like once you do enough of the, that ritual work to like really kind of have a word of power kind of created, you could just even infuse that on a wand and literally touch the wand or you know, you know, think about it or look at it and you kind of have the whole Harry Potter thing going on, really. Right. Um, here, do you want to hang out with Joe and I'll get the door? Yes, yeah, someone's knocking on our door very loudly and weirdly, so... That's very rude. We don't know what's going on. Seems well, Ed like... can, like, Ed can sort of petrificus totalis them, so... <laughs> Yeah, with this Harry Potter wand. Exactly. I would rather have a wand that you can just, you know, say a word that somebody told you to say and then amazing things would happen. I mean, I can see the appeal for wanting to be, literally wanting to be a Harry Potter wizard. I know I do, but I'm not going to insist and then get upset when it doesn't happen, though. Yeah, I've known people who just want to do that, and it's sort of like, but they, they don't want to do the work behind it. I mean, I think that, that even in that Harry Potter world, you know, you have to think about, you know, I think each of those, it's not just a single word. It's like you had to, you had to, there were diagrams on those boards and stuff. Like, you still had to learn something to make it happen. You couldn't just, like, magically know, oh, here are the words to say, and it's going to work for you. Um, you know, so you still have to like, you still have to work to make those things happen. Right. So what spell did you use on the, on the person knocking at your door? <laughs> oh, I just let him in. <laughs> Was it John, the engineer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally. <laughs> Showing up drunk. Uh, of course. But it's okay. We're, we're all drunk here. So <laughs> when, when Janie and I were first dating, she asked me, why do you always go to that place? And I said, why does Harry Potter always go to Hogwarts? <laughs> And I conceded. Or why do you spend so much time at that place? How many I was like, oh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Okay, so you guys... Janie's taking a cigarette break so we can pretend that uh, we're, we're at the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> and, oh, but, you uh, know, it's interesting about cigarette breaks. Like, I, I uh, find a lot of, uh, you know, people uh, who are sort of psychically sensitive, I find a lot of them smoke because it's 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 actually it suppresses things, um, you know, because I think that, that just being in the world is, you know, can, can cause a lot of anxiety for yeah. someone who's just sort of naturally sensitive. It's interesting um, all the stuff that nicotine does and yeah, well, we have receptors for you, it and everything. Just quitting. So I, I, I've been four weeks off and mm -hmm. 
you know, it was really, really tough the first week. Now I'm kind of like really realizing what what it really did for me. And um, it's good sort of readjusting to, okay, look, this is the stuff you're going to deal with. And it's, you know, in, in the take world, it head on. Gonna, you know, just be okay with it. And one, just one thing do. that helped me was to still go outside and take a breather. You know? Yes, I do that. Yeah. I found I do that, and it does really help. Like, walk around the block. Yes. Basically, yeah. Yeah, because I would find, like, what I would do. Like, I would use that almost as an excuse, and it was kind of like a symbiotic thing. Like, okay, I'm going to, like, go outside because now it's the time to go outside. And it, that was part of the pleasure of it, of just, like, okay, I'm not at work anymore. I'm, like, outside just, like, doing my thing. It's like, well, I can do that without smoking. Yeah. So Janie, I'm kind of curious. So, what um, what pantheons do you like working with the most? Oh, um, interesting question. Uh, I don't. I, I think I like the um, my favorite are the Hindu gods. To be honest. Oh yeah. Okay. So who do you like um, within the Hindu Hinduism? Like who do you like working with? Um, well, Ganesh will always be my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Ganesh. Um, I just love his energy and the way that he's always pre- pre- depicted dancing and yeah, elephants are some of my favorite animals. And yeah, I think. I think Ganesh is yeah, he's the so best. Sweet. I know I've he's very popular, he was... so I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's been in TV shows and <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, did you see that? Um, there was a great YouTube clip of this um, this baby elephant that was rescued by um, by some guy, and he so he, the elephant is at some sort of refuge. And as this guy is like driving his truck, the elephant, like you can see this baby elephant and like all the adult elephants around who want to kind of protect the baby. Oh. Um, but the little baby starts making a run for the truck, like, oh, my friend's here. I love him so much. I'm going to say hello. <laughs> it's so sweet. Oh. I'll, I'll, if you haven't seen it, I'll, I'll email you. But it's, it's, okay. hilarious. it's, it's great. It's so sweet. Hmm. Um, so do you feel like, like, what kind of things do you feel from, from Ganesh? Um, I guess, like, just the a kind of understanding and kindness and uh, uh, a willingness to help, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, he's there for you. And, and I like to meditate where I'm riding on the back of a big elephant and everything in front of me is dwarfed by the size of the elephant and he can just effortlessly carry me through any barrier or um past any obstacle um i i just really like that uh that feeling of being able to to get through anything you know yeah and it's very kind of like esodian too i've i've kind of found too Hmm. i've heard there's pink and purple elephants in the path of tov Hmm. okay i don't know where that comes from it's just something i heard in my journey i'll have to i'll have to try that and see <laughs> how, what that that does for me <laughs> okay so so ganesh is one of your favorites so what are your other top like okay, so what are your top three so he's your number one like what's your what, what are your other two <laughs> you like Maat, right 
Oh, well, yeah, I guess um, if we're going to jump around a bit. Jumping pin. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's um, jump around. Yeah, I love, I love Ma'at. Um, I love being Hegman um, in a Golden Dawn initiation. Um, it's my favorite officer okay, role. So I have to ask you, because I've got my own opinion, but okay. I'll, I'll ask you, what's your favorite thing about being Hegemon? <laughs> um, hmm. You're asking me all these questions I never really thought of an answer to, so I might have to think for a minute. That's okay. Um, I'll have a drink. Like, I'm good. I've got oh, my yeah. cocktail, so okay. as you're thinking, I'm just going to, like, pay attention to my cocktail. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I feel like I like the, just maybe like being like, I, I, I'm not somebody who likes okay, conflict. So can, I tell, tell, can I tell you like what I like and we can build on it? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. That's better. That's better. So I love as Hegemon, like Hegemon's my favorite officer role. Um, I love holding the hand of the candidate. Mm. That's like yes. so sweet for me. Cause I'm just like, it's like, for, I'm just like being like their mom and it's like, you're totally safe with me right now. And I know you're scared and you're with me and I'm going to like help you through this. Right. I love that. Yeah. That's a good answer. It was kind of interesting. I was helping a woman from my stylist chair to the shampoo bowl and I felt like the hegemon role was coming back because mm. I was actually like we were in the same kind of position and I yeah. was literally guiding her. <laughs> I had I had flashbacks. The lady was yeah, there. yeah. She had Parkinson's disease. Yeah, sometimes the, there'd be <laughs> officers who were fighting, and I remember you'd talk about having to deal with all that on the astral, having to reconcile these currents. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that would get difficult in a neophyte and as ISIS, and because mm -hmm. sometimes Janie was, they made her kind of the main ISIS because she was the really beautiful one. You know. That's not right. well. I mean, you know, you were you were the newest, but you were the most beautiful, and the, you know, I feel like you were channeling a pure current. There was there were p times when people were so focused on even hating the other Isises, like there'd be three Isises all hating on each other, and then Janie'd come in and she'd actually be oh, channeling wait, the real what? Isis. What? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, there was some drama. Yeah. Wait, there were some wait, unpleasant what? Isis invocations. Oh, my God. There were some oh, that... Oh, my God. I know, isn't that weird? Like I said, you guys left before it got bad. Yeah, I felt like, like some of them made me sick to my yeah. stomach. Yeah. It was oh, awful. Poor thing. Well, but with the with the exception of you, though, sometimes. Well, when yeah, but I remember somewhere I was, you know, the part where you kneel and like just the, I don't know if it's the. Oh yeah, they added a lot of Catholicism. After yeah, you left. like there was a lot of the entire kneeling litany, and it was like in the middle of it. It just seemed very uh, angry, and it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Like we were Gosh. being punished. Ooh. That's not ISIS. No, so no. I mean, it, it was. It was a more like Gestapo aspect of the Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. if there is such a thing. Well, I mean, if you think about Bena and like ISIS being up there, like yeah, she contains everything, and sometimes it is judgmental. It's, sometimes it's like, okay, dude, you know what? Like, I love you, but you're like, I mean, because sometimes like a mom has to sort of be like, 
okay, look, like I'm behind you and we'll work through this, but you got to like deal with these things. And that's like maybe the, the worst of her Gaburic aspect. Right. You know, it's not like I'm going to like, or teaching, like teaching Horace how to fight. Yeah. Oh, like that's kind of a Gaburic aspect. Well, and but tricking it's not Thoth. Like, it's all... Yeah. Or not tricking Thoth, but tricking raw, poisoning raw. And then uh, with, withholding the cure until he agreed to stop the drought. That was interesting. Right. So, but those, those are, but those are kind of like, ultimately it's sort of like at the end of the day, it's all about, I want to make things better for you. Like right. I want to make things like really good for you. Not yeah. like I'm going to beat the crap out of you because she did punish use of mom. Like, there was a story <laughs> about, I mean, of course there's many stories, but there was one story about how she appeared at a, as a crone and said, you know, can you give me food and shelter? And the people said no. And as she, as they were closing the door, she threw seven scorpions in to ensure that they would all be poisoned that night. It's like kind of harsh, but yeah, things were harsh back then though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's kind of weird that you had that experience, but I kind of understand. Um, yeah. And there was this weird, like there's this weird hatred of, or I think it's just, a, it was a misunderstanding of set in, in that order because they would like, they would go back and they would, they would effectively, um, the guys that were doing it, they were kind of evoking set, but they were kind of evoking like a really, if you think about Demon, deity, it, it was like, Satan like version. they would get like the most Isaiah aspect of set, which, you know, you could do with any deity, you know, you could do with ISIS. I mean, that that's what, you know, if you're like a sexy belly dancer and you want to like turn tricks, like that's an aspect of ISIS, but it's right. really, it's an Isaiah aspect of ISIS. You can do that with any deity. Mm. And that's just like, Oh, we'll see, see how bad the deity is. And it's like, well, yeah, war can be really shitty and awful and evil. And, you know, if you have a deity that represents that, that, then that's what you kind of have. Um, but they'd use but him it, as the antithesis of Osiris. Oh, and Osiris being the hierophant, so Set would come in like he'd get past the Hyrus somehow and uh, barge his way in and take over the hierophant throne. But then Voldemort would come in dressed as uh, an elderly wizard and shoo him off. And then uh, they'd all invoke Isis to try to put the pieces but of be- Osiris back together again. It was kind of neat be- but for what it was. It, but- it is. But you know what's interesting is that it becomes much more complex and you have to kind of then sort of deal with the duality in yourself. If you realize that set is actually not the enemy, but if you're on the, 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 and this is the, more the OS OGD construct, which is more based in really. Well, like, in the analysis magical, of the keyword, he's not the enemy. You wouldn't have X if you didn't have V. You'd just still right. be stuck in L. But like the, the OS OGD aspect is more like you're on the bark of raw, like you're on the ship and you, and, and the real enemy is not like, the Lord of Darkness, which you have to deal with your darkness. You have to deal with darkness before you go to the light. It's even in the zero zero. Like you must look at darkness and light. And you know, if and the real the enemy is not set. It's a pep. It's ignorance. Right. Ignorance like causes so many problems. And we see this in our country today. Like it's ignorance that's the problem. It's not it's not dark darkness because we all have that and we all have to deal with it and we all have to elevate it um or figure out how to integrate that into our being 
um, it's ignorance. Yeah. It's very insightful. Yeah, the people who don't like Bernie Sanders because he uses three and four syllable words are the problem. <laughs> I mean, not the people, but the ignorance, like you said. Yeah. The willful ignorance in the case of some of those people. Right. Okay, so who are, who are your other favorite deities? <laughs> um, so Ganesh, Ma'at. Uh, David wait, Bowie, wait, wait, obviously. Though. We didn't we didn't really talk so much about Ma'at though. Like let's let's do because you know what? I Ma'at got really mad at me for very justifiable reasons. And um I I will say I had a very personal incident with her which uh during some of the wars where she was really not happy with me. Right. And yeah, someone called me out and I was like I she just put her finger down on my head and I was like, I was down for the count, like literally. And it was sort of like, just letting you know, I'm not happy. I'm like, okay, I'm really sorry. Like all atone. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like an interesting Yeah. Janie never, uh, never got involved in any overtly black magic, Uh, but she's interested in your story. (laughs) 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 Do you care to go on? Um, you know, I think that um, I off the hang of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that um, when well, if you think about Maat, so Maat is is a lot of different things. Maat is, um, you know, she, yes, she she's the reconciler of all forces, but but from a very like practical perspective, um, it's all about like being polite. And she's kind of like the mismanners of like one of her aspects because you can't generalize and just say, "Oh, Maat's this or or, or Ganesh is that." Um, right. Like one of her aspects is kind of like the mismanners of that world. And mm-hmm. you know, if you're kind of being rude, and you're in that role and you're in that devotional role, which you know at the time that you know I really was, um, you know, if someone's kind of like also in a devotional role with her, you know, you can call someone out and be like, you know what, that's not right. And she was like, you know what, Joe, this ain't right. And, you know, I, I got told and I, you know, the thing, what you, you've got to do is you've got to recognize that and you've got to say, okay, I get it. And I'm going to like do something different. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess I've never heard it put that way about, um, rude behavior in the temple but i do remember feeling upset when um people were misbehaving (laughs) and not you know uh paying attention and being is that uh does that make sense yeah well i remember you'd get really hard on yourself when you'd turn around and tell someone to shush and then you'd be like oh my god i can't believe i just oh god just took on that role i just shushed somebody what is wrong with me (laughs) that's appropriate though because you know she she is kind of like that that center pillar like (laughs) so sometimes it's like, like that's absolutely the total right thing to do to be like Shut up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that reminds me of one store when she was first Hyrus 
and she's you know has a very kind of high pitched voice and i won't i won't put too much of a description on it cuz everyone will know who i'm talking about but <laughs> but then uh but someone started giggling you know like like she's being all serious <laughs> fear is failure and someone's snickering and she got right up to him and put her sword up and looked into her eye and said are you laughing at me oh yeah There you go. Well, actually, what that became kind of a joke in that that one order that that we were that we were in, because early on, and and Ed, you probably were there for it. Um, I had only heard, heard about, about it as without the chair throwing incident. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We're <laughs> so here's what happened, Jay. You're gonna laugh. I I hope you laugh at this because I think it's endlessly hysterical. But um, so imagine like all these people are in this like temple setting and everything. It's very like. You know the 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 incense is going and whatever, and they get to the higher they, they get near the highest, and they all stop because they have to. And someone farts like really loud. They're like it's like a <laughs> like it's really like it's really loud, noticeable. And someone laughs, and then the highest who like had you know had come from the OTO. He was like this big dude, like oh six God. four, two twenty pounds. Puts the sword. Like right in the face of that guy who laughed and said, "This is your initiation, frater." <laughs> and, and the guy peed. The guy peed his robe. Holy and so, shit. and so the mythology after that was sort of like, "Well, you know, if you were higher, so it was like, well, did you make him pee?" You know? <laughs> oh my god! You had me it farted in the temple, but <laughs> <laughs> did you make him pee? Yeah. Oh, yeah. TF used to always say that I was, you know, going to make someone pee, and that I was the most terrifying Hyrus ever. Oh, you hated doing a... that, though. I hate. Well, because they loved they loved having me do it because I was so good at it, and I embody just this intense rage. And uh, and so they had me do Hyrus over and over and over and over until finally I got up and fucking screamed right into Voldemort's face in the middle of a ritual and they couldn't fucking do anything about it because I wouldn't leave the order. <laughs> and so it just it just that was the end. No, there wasn't anything that could be. Yeah, done. no, it's it's too much to, to do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that um, that you really should switch out officers um, when yeah. you can. The, um, you know, my experience was really interesting because, because I had set, uh, I was set as Hyrus in, in my, my experience. And, um, so I learned, I learned so much from, from that experience and really gained so much from that because, you know, I'd come from this mythology that, oh, set is, is evil and stuff. It's like, well, no, you're, you're basically now, you know, you kind of set yourself up for a six month devotional path with him and um i loved it and and he saved me from being mugged um that's a whole story and but but like i actually started doing like this whole like this weird makeup thing because like lady gaga was kind of like just kind of like coming up and i was like really inspired by her so i like did the whole like you know dark eyes and everything and and I think that freaked out the, even the people like, so the OSOGD people are like really kind of freaky and fun, but I think I like went too, too far. far <laughs> That's cool. um, and they were just like, but they didn't really, they couldn't really say anything. Cause it was like very liberal. It was sort of like, okay, he's being like really freaky and weird, but <laughs> I guess I, I think it was too much for them, which was kind of funny. They're all kidding. <laughs> uh, You're serious. But, oh no. Like I'm totally serious. But, um, uh, 
but it kind of like it worked for me and and he was kind of like um I loved him because he was kind of like the deity who was uh if you imagine me as like the schoolgirl uh like you know letting set sets like kind of like the big jock guy is like yeah I'll carry your books home you know as we're like walking home from school and then he takes me in a dark alley and has this way with me <laughs> and then I'm kind of like like all like disheveled but happy and like we go home together and it's all good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was fun yeah <laughs> that's cool and the, the image there is like the visual there is more like the anime kind of like japanese thing going on like yeah okay that's kind of what i was imagining yeah it was good i enjoyed it and it was interesting like he he was the one who also kind of like gave me the final release from the the gd kind of current he was like okay look it's it, it's okay if you go now, you know it's it's time, and I'm like okay, and um you know and then I kind of was like well maybe I should stay stick around like a while longer and he's like you know basically it was kind of like you know do what you want but I'm giving you the out and um I didn't take it for a while and then it got progressively worse and, he, and then I left and he's yeah. like yep it's all good thumbs up thanks for for your you know, your support, you're good. Yeah. That feels familiar from, from kind of my last Equinox out there at ISIS. Hmm. Yeah. When you have like, when, yeah, when you have a Hegemon actually directing and being the, the Hierophant <laughs> and the Hierophant, like, like the Hegemon telling the hi- Hierus what to do and it's a blood. I'm just like, Looking at the, I'm 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 staring at the hierophant. Like, are you really going to allow this? Because <laughs> it's so the, the the specific instance was like the hegemon being, like, I'm standing here. This is the right space. Like looking at me, like you're standing in the wrong space. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like I've done this so many times, and I, I actually just looked at the the hierophant, and the hierophant was kind of like, you know, oh okay, like do what do do what she's saying and i'm like my last ritual with you guys i'm done (laughs) but i'm like like really you're gonna allow like it's just it's it's a protocol thing it's it was so stupid and but it's like you guys have no it was a culmination of a lot of things but i'm like you guys shouldn't be doing golden dawn stuff just do your own thing Mm. and call it something else (laughs) call golden prawn (laughs) <laughs> I like the concept of of applying open source as a you know a a philosophy in the context of programming to magic as a, you know and and pointing out that and even Voldemort jumped on that and he was saying yeah well they're pointing it out see we're closed source like Microsoft they're open source like Linux and we lost half of everybody okay. right then after that lecture right. <laughs> exactly that's the thing it's sort yeah. of like yeah. oh you mean you're age of Pisces and this is age of Aquarius okay well let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah I mean the problem though too is like if you if you think about this whole thing as a marketing scheme, then um, it's it's really not going to work out for you yeah. because that's not what this is all about. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you if that's where you are, then you know you're better off in like Joel Olstein's temple, 
where he's like, yeah, worship my God, you're going to get some cash, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but if you think about it, it's like, you know, I don't know that many occultists that are like, like wildly rich and famous. Right. Um, other than Golden Stash, obviously. Other than Golden <laughs> Stash. I mean, obviously, Golden Stash is like, you know, Filthy a billionaire. And billionaire. All the Kabbalah. Of course. He's awesome. Like, But none that, none that aren't fictional. Right. <laughs> I'm totally going to do Golden Stash cosplay and go down to Comic-Con and expect people to know who I am. Yeah, that would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, it's motivated me to grow a mustache and start taking on uh, some more Western athletic practices. Wait, when is the next Comic-Con? I'm not, oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know if there's time. I, I'm, this might have to be a next yeah. year thing. You know what? Let's plan on doing next year thing. Because I've, I've gotten out a bit out of shape. I did I did Iron Man in 2012 or whatever. But I've got to get back in shape again. And, um, you know, if I think we should probably both go as Golden Stash. But, like, not. <laughs> nice. But, like, then have a, a specific meetup place where it's, like, how you know? Like I'm golden. Stash. I'm golden stash. <laughs> no, I'm golden stash. And Janie can film it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I need to be, be there for that. Big conflict. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep ran telling into... Edward he needs to grow out his mustache. And like, I know. I accidentally shaved it. I was partway through, it. and I started wearing this like venom jacket. I'm like going where no man has gone since 1982 and shit. But uh, oh, awesome! Yeah, but I accidentally it's shaved it. Look amazing on him. Yeah. Well, and you actually would have a golden stash. I would have to do. I I will end up doing a wig and oh, like a fake stash. one. Yeah, I'm actually. Yeah, gonna, yeah, I'm gonna do a long haired yeah. version of golden stash because already my hair's longer than his. He's more of a shoulder length guy. Oh, so I could do more like a bouffant like. Um, I could do like a more of a bouffant blonde wig and then do like the stash. It's making me think of all the different Thomas Jeffersons that Stephen Colbert was interviewing <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the different Elvises, like really there's all these different styles and, and you know what? They're all different Elvis. Periods. Yeah, it's true. Elvises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> different David Bowies. Mm, yes. Yeah. Many. I was reading oh, you know, let me oh shoot, I don't have it, but maybe I'll um it was talking about I and I think I might have actually had an effect here, but I could be wrong. I might have just keyed into the same thing they keyed into. Where I don't know if everybody in the audience has seen edward-reeb.com forward slash ask David Bowie. Uh, if you click on the key card, you get into like where it's like, oh my God, I think he's serious about this. Where it's like, this is how to worship God as David Bowie. And you know, and, and this is oh, the symbolism. And this is and this is why, and this is why it's more appropriate for the age of Aquarius, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like dead serious because I am dead serious about it. And um and so so on the Church of David Bowie group, it basically says Bowie is our values. He is the table flipping Christ, a true bearer of light. The representation is often trippy. We are a church and not a fan group. Although we do devolve into fandom, it is tinged with love and worship. Through David Bowie, we experience the divine. He was a clear-sighted artist, directly plugged in to the life force and the vortex of the universe. He was and is our hero, 
allowing us to exist as we are. He was serious, yet he made light of himself. We don't know how he was possible. Kristen Calabresi. It's always I, I I really get that because you know he really um, he influenced so much art that exists today because he was able to just go out and be who he wanted to be and yeah. even though like he would create these you know these totally made up personas which you're like okay how did you even do that because now you know you 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 get like a Lady Gaga and and I love I love her I love what she does but like. It, it because it had been done before, it's much more plausible for someone to say, okay, I'm going to go out and be this persona. I'm going to be like the blonde bimbo who doesn't know anything. Oh, and then I'm going to be like the, the, the crazy art school chick that's going to like wreck your mind and like, right. you know, and, and that's what David Bowie was. And I think that he's, he just, I think it's so hard for people who, um, you know, are trailblazers to have that kind of success. And he really did. And I think he's brilliant for it. Um, there are other people who've, who've been trailblazers who've been much less successful, like a Genesis Peorage, like, you right. know, um, th- that I think are just really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's trailblazers that go unnoticed, like unsung heroes, yes. sa- saints that don't get canonized, you know, uh, people, yeah, that, people sure. that are doing stuff that is amazing behind the scenes. I mean, I always aspire to at least be that. Even if I don't, even if people don't know my name, hopefully I'll at least influence a few minds toward creating something new, and no one will know that I was actually behind something that was that was amazing. <laughs> you know, that's kind <laughs> yeah. of like where I see myself. Yeah. You know what I want to do? Like, I, what, what I aspire to be, I want to be the patron saint of um, of <laughs> avoidable bad decisions. Oh, so like people who are like where. You know, it's like, oh, just have the other drink. I want to be that guy <laughs> in the background that you see that's just like waving his finger, like, no, not so much. <laughs> like, like you really shouldn't have that last drink. Like, I've seen the future. You don't want to do that. <laughs> or, or no, don't. Like, you have, you really did have one too many. Like, don't get in that car. Get a cab. Oh. I, I want to be that guy. Like, where you know, we need no that guy. Really... Yeah, <laughs> everybody needs the time traveling date rape angel. But it's like exactly. Mothman prophecy. No, you don't want that drink. Like, do you see the powder, like, you know, kind of dissolving in it? That's kind of wonky. Like, don't have that right. drink. Look yeah. at and smell the drink first. Right. <laughs> I mean, in the movies, when they do it, you still see the pill at the bottom of the glass, and it's all bubbling and fizzing while they're drinking it. Like, are you like, Yeah, it's fizzy. Oh, yummy, it's fizzy. But Yay. that's like stage, like the stage voice. You like like cheat out toward the audience and do everything in really dramatic ways. And so in real life, you wait for it to dissolve, obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah, I want to be like that. Because that, that you would know. It's, yeah, it's like their guardian angel is just like face palming. And I'm like, okay, I'll take over from here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so she does... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, Cutie Marks from, what was it? <laughs> My Little Pony Cutie Marks. <clears throat> well, I think you should do that for me because, um, you know, I'd pay for that because, uh, like, I, I tend to dress relatively conservatively and to the point where people think, like, when they see me, they think that I'm going to be a total douchebag and I'm not. <laughs> um, but, like, if I had, like, the, like my jacket on, my, my dress shirt, 
but jeans and and my shoes and stuff. Um, but I had my pony, my little pony nails. Oh. I think that it would like really upset people. Like it would really dis, it'd be disconcerting for people. I think it would set people straight. I think it would like really put people at ease and let yeah. people know that they can trust you to, you know, um, embody the, uh, you know, the values put forth by my little pony i think that's important right to like people. That to say look dude i'm a brony right <laughs> yeah don't judge me i i'm sweet and kind and gentle well actually you know i really am like you know i do like my little pony like i, I think it embodies <laughs> those good values it is it's stuff. really good i love that subculture about it right yeah i don't i i, I don't have enough like i don't have enough in me to like do the whole outfits and stuff like i oh. just i don't have that level of commitment i don't, I don't really either it's we'll okay. start with golden stash we'll yeah just, we'll start with yeah a tux and... let's do golden stash yeah. i'm we'll going to the stash. renaissance yeah. fair next weekend and i think that's you know yeah that's, that's fun yeah but as far as costumes go like that's my costume that i have i maybe someday i'll have like a whole closet full of any costume that I need just available, you know, but gradually it's, yeah, you got to build, build the, that Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about Ren Faire is that I, I like it, but I kind of like it somewhat. And like the, the people that annoy me are the people that are just like, so douchey about it. But I <laughs> like, I think the people that are, that are kind of like having fun and they're having like a beer and whatnot. Like, I love those people. We like, so get along, but uh-huh. like, like the, that's my tribe and like the, the 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 witches who are sort of like you know having fun and whatnot yeah. but like the the people that are just like oh my god are you are you wearing period underwear i'm like <laughs> oh. piss off like they i don't like for everybody yeah <laughs> it's like we're just here to have fun buddy right. go take a history class if that's what you're <laughs> No, yeah, of the 15th century poetry. I'm just not like that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, it's actually I, a lot uh, less like that now, and I I I kind of think that we need some more of those people to really kind of uh, keep everybody in line and in check. And then that's fair <laughs> because that's totally fair. They don't they they're not doing their job as much anymore. Like, where are they? People aren't even speaking Elizabethan at the Renaissance Fair anymore. Really? It's okay, all well, just now, drinking. Okay, and... now I'm disappointed. Yeah, so those people that we originally were like, oh, fuck off. You know, they <laughs> they were the ones who <laughs> were <did>. actually <laughs> holding it together. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, because I, I, I love the art. Like, the art about it, like, really inspired me. Like, the people who were, like, doing the blacksmithing, and they're like, yeah, well, I'll make you, like, a really traditional sword. And, yeah. and, and like, that's really cool. I yeah. love that stuff. One of my students made me a sword that I still keep. I like the cool. idea that you can go to the Renaissance Fair and actually apprentice as a blacksmith yeah. or as a... Love that. Um, that's probably the best one. But Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's something very uh, innately important and, I don't know, something about having some of us who specialize in being a walking anachronism just so that we can all experience what it was like to be our ancestors. There's just something inherently valuable in that, which is why I'm a Golden Dawn practitioner. (laughs) 
yeah, and some of us like if you believe One it, of like some of us probably were were in in that time. Yeah, um, you know. Yeah, and it might be why we're attracted to it. Who knows? Yeah, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, although I gotta tell you, like it can't be that. Like I think it's more. I, I think it's a weird nostalgia because those times had to have sucked. Yeah. Like just the the basic grooming and plumbing and just ugh. That's true. Oh, it I wasn't know. like not nice smells. I'm so glad <laughs> we can enjoy it. World War One not having happened yet. Oh, that's true. But I still it thought war was glamorous. Trade. I mean, I think I'd rather live in now times. Yeah, me too. And go to the Renaissance fair. I mean, <laughs> and come yeah, home and take a bath. The worst. Thing. <laughs> the worst right. thing that's gonna happen to you is that you're gonna have to use a, a porta potty. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Deodorant plus like nice hygiene plus vaccines. Yeah, feels um, nicer like medieval experience. Not as Definitely. many dead bodies rotting. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> they have people that dispose of those. <laughs> Beyond burger. Like back in a time where it was normal to cough up blood and and meant the oh death God, sentence. Oh Yeah, you just accept it and move on with your life until oh my God, you die. There was that poet. One of the, I forget what it was, so I probably shouldn't even bring it up. But there was a poet that coughed up blood for the first time, and there was a tiny little spot of blood on the page, and he wrote a poem, and and with this is my death sentence or something like that, or with this spot of blood. Oh wow! I wish you could remember sentence. what it was. Yeah, it was a trip. Yeah, I mean, but that was that kind of stuff, and, and people like really freaked out about the the mystical, and they would they would attribute like very like common basic human things because they just didn't know i mean i remember um being in a medieval literature class like a long time ago in undergrad and like one of the common um now at this point we're actually probably talking more about like ninth century mm. so not necessarily like what we think of as like a ren fair kind of thing but um a big thing that that they a big phrase kind of like a if you were to say Oh God, I can't, I can't even think of like a of of a saying today, but it's kind of like uh, you know, a stitch in time saves nine. Uh-huh. Like uh, what they would say back then is ubisoot, like like um, and it was kind of a saying that you would would say if you were kind of like if you didn't if you're like what the fuck or like WTF or oh my God or whatever, like you would say ubisoot instead, and it's Latin <laughs> for for where have they gone. And the reason they would say that is because they would see these like multi-storied buildings that the Romans had built, and they they thought that giants had built them. That's how far <laughs> they were impressed. Mm. Um, and it's a good lesson for humanity. It's sort of like, okay, well, you know, we go too far down this path of destruction, and we get to this like real dark ages where we're like, oh yeah, where have these giants gone that built these like huge skyscrapers? Because clearly we couldn't build them ourselves or who built the pyramids. Yeah. Um, and we don't know that stuff cause it's just not really recorded or recorded in a place that we can access that, that information right. that can really help us. We had to um, learn as a species, the importance of sharing knowledge because people would hoard the knowledge for, you know, because it's your guild, it's your livelihood. You want to make right. sure your son has makes a living because no oh, one else knows how to make stained glass. I agree. I think one of the most important things is free exchange of knowledge. Yeah. And anybody who gets in the way of that is clearly evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's well, why yeah, we're big you know, anonymous it, fans. But yeah. that's but that's the big thing. Like you know, I got to tell you as as um, 
So I'm a data scientist and, you know, people get really freaked out um, in my field because they're like, oh, well, we have, if we democratize this, then, then we're going to lose our jobs. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what happens. If you democratize all this information down, then the questions become much more interesting. Yeah. And that's what you want to be working on. Questions Don't you didn't even know these... were there before because you were asking right. such more rudimentary questions. Right, 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 right. So it's like, no, democratize everything. Like push all the information. Like if you build a tool that like just gets people information and like people can just access it, push it down, like push it all down. Like let people, like they'll ask better questions. I swear to God, like yeah. I, I've, I've done this enough where it's like, no, the 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 level of questions that doesn't go down just becomes better, and that those are the things that are interesting. And then you you know you go you know you democratize that and you push that down, and you get even better questions, and it just you know helps you evolve. Yeah, right. uh, helps all of us evolve. Yeah, I was talking the other day with Kess about wouldn't it have been cool if uh, the Library of Alexandria had had a website back in the day. And Genghis Khan couldn't have just set it on fire. Right, yeah. Setting us all back hundreds of years. But that's the thing, too. Like, it's it's really upsetting about the whole sort of occult schools kind of system because it's stuck in this very Victorian kind of setting where it's like, no, 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 no. Like, if, if you get people to this certain level, like, let them, like, just open some of these things up. And, and I don't mean like open all the stuff up. Like, I mean, you know, obviously anyone can open up a, an Enochian dictionary and like start to learn Enochian, for example. Right. But I think that it's sort of like, okay, yeah, this is open um, here. Are the, you know, you should kind of like know the basics of this and this and this, but you know, pretending that, Oh, well, you're not going to get this certain knowledge until you do this. And Oh, well, you're at this level. So there's nothing else to learn. No, there's always stuff to learn. There's always stuff to, to develop. And and it's it's so sad that like you don't have um yoga being taught in the Golden Dawn or um you know like really inter- like Sufism. Like I, I you know, you have you have the um you know, you have the tatwas, which you know, in the Golden Dawn, right. but you don't have like components of Sufism and it's kind of like why? Why is that? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's a reason that the Todd was were there. That was, it's more of a historical reason rather than a Masonic kind of reason. Or had to do with who had just gotten back from where. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, you could have brought in so much more. I think and... it was meant originally, you know, like, we'll put this here so that people will know that as we move forward, keep bringing in the Indian stuff. Yeah. But that, yeah. somehow that didn't happen because I, I believe the story was McGregor Mather pulled a gun on, what was it, uh, Bennett for wanting to bring in yoga. I don't know. That's Maybe that's a rumor. Yeah. What a douchebag. Right. Sorry. But right. He, like, uh, well, wait. Okay. So you probably know this and I don't know, but I think, I think, um, one of your past, I don't know if you, you mentioned Mark's last name, but um, I'm not going to mention Mark's last name, but mm-hmm. if you did, Mark mentioned to me <laughs> a funny story about an order around, I don't know if it was around Victorian times from in the 20s, but the guy was so whacked out, he left the lady, <laughs> he left the ownership of the order to his dog, <laughs> and he... He he initiated that dog as like a greater you know G H frater like well Rufus or whatever, right. um, and the response from one of the the members of that order was like, well, he, 
Well, at least he's not as much of an asshole as the last as the last chief was. But yeah. I don't remember which order that was. Oh my god! But it's like, oh yeah, pick any golden dawn order, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you, it was really nice meeting you, and um, you know, I hope we actually meet in person sometime. Yeah, me but, too. You know, I you know I think it's it's um, I would like to talk about a topic if you're comfortable talking about it. Um, because I still feel like the occult is really, um, a very misogynistic place for, for, for women. And Mm -hmm. I want to kind of know sort of like what you, how you dealt with it and like how you kind of like claimed your place. I feel like I didn't really know it going in and, um, I, I kind of questioned my own observation level of, (laughs) or my awareness of what's going on around me. So I feel like it's kind of one of those questions where there's like more to it than, than, uh, than just that. Like I'd have to really examine myself <laughs> and it's wonder easier where easier to see looking back. Yeah. Than it was at the like, time. where was I at the time? Like, why wasn't well, you, I, you were pretty pissed off. I mean, when, when Voldemort would yeah, come up. Yeah, that's true. I was. And talk oh, to and me. he's a huge misogynist. But I didn't realize it was, it was, you know, systemic sexism. I thought it was just me, which is, you know, that's what I assume a lot. I mean, whenever um, someone is being abused, usually they just think it's them and they don't realize that it's bigger than themselves. He was also wanting to control me. He was always Mm -hmm. trying to set me up with someone else who he felt was under his control. Yeah. I I, I mean, that was actually a very, that was a very common thing. I mean, Mark has you know, actually several examples of where he could have had really decent relationships or, you know, who knows how they would have worked out. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, he certainly actually manipulate, he would manipulate relationships. You know, and funnily enough, um, Sor B mentioned to me that there was work done against my relationship with the person that I had a relationship with for 14 years. Now, granted, I have to say, I, you know, I ended that relationship and, and looking back, I, I think that work done against keeping us together was totally fine. <laughs> looking back, I, that I think that, that, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was actually really good. Um, cause I needed that, but, but regardless, but it wasn't, but it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't like just... a happy thing. That was yeah. a meddling thing. Right, right. because regardless right, sure. of whether or not your relationship was going to work out for the better, it's still none of anybody's business to try to, right astrally or metaphysically fuck with your life right. i mean right or psychologically exactly. yeah psychologically it is very rude and it's linguistic programmingly it's uh uh indicative of a uh need for healing uh i mean i think that yeah. somebody who behaves that that's way that's true that's a very obviously kind way to look at it needs need I'm, I'm thinking the ass, therapy say. i mean i'm thinking yeah. real work to be done but there has to be a willingness to change and 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 to even see that there's a problem right you know i'm looking at the man in the mirror <laughs> thank you michael jackson no for... no stop it <laughs> <laughs> pointing that out to everybody i'm gonna go okay Daniel's yeah, so, having another cigarette wait wait, wait. So, so sexism oh you're gonna she leave ran away. okay go, go go she'll be back okay so where were we so, I don't know. Let's what are we going to do? Okay, so to be a real Rosicrucian, I mean, let's assume that we want to. And that oh, wait, wait, and wait, wait, wait. stop, stop. 
Oh, okay. Well, the first the first rule to being a real Rosicrucian is not to, to not fucking, say you're a is to not fucking be an Amorg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm doing my double birds at Amorg right now. You can't see them, but hopefully you can on the astral. <laughs> if you can't, then you're not a Rosicrucian. <laughs> <laughs> But how are we going to fix the world, or are we supposed to, or what the heck? What's what's going on? How you know? I mean, clearly, all the examples of Rosicrucians out there that are out there calling themselves Rosicrucians are false examples. So we're going to have to look into our own hearts and look into the example of Father CRC and figure the darn thing out. Or you know, is, is that even the right compass direction? Is there something more good than to be a Rosicrucian? You know, here's my the solution that I have for myself is probably like some people will probably think it's a cop out. And if they do it, it's totally fine by me. I really don't give a shit. Um, but I've, for me, I've, I've developed a, a more, um, it's a specifically Christian and it's a specifically devotional path. Mm-hmm. And that's my own journey. And that's something I'm really happy with. Um, and it works for me. Uh, Cause I just feel like, I feel so overwhelmed um, that for me, what the work that I do, the specific work that I do is for individuals in my realm. Like I can do work for them and I get results and it's successful. Yeah. And then like with the greater stuff where, where you're talking about how do you change the world? That's where I go to devotional work because I'm just like, you know, it's too big. I don't, it's too big. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to work with a group anymore because, and this is my own thing. It's again, like if you're in a group, awesome. Good for you. Love you. Like do your group thing and make it work and, and change the world. I'm happy for you. I support you. But for me, I'm kind of like, it's too big and I don't want the weirdness of a group. I don't want to be associated with, someone's weird karma or someone's weird like yeah i really you know like we're gonna save the world but i really want to fuck you um (laughs) yeah yeah well you know what they do anymore i'm too old and ugly and i don't i don't have all my teeth i only have like three teeth um it seems like when you you have a group of people working together toward some supposed truth it seems like the desire to be together, the good feelings you get from being a group that's all in agreement, ends up tending to trump any kind of actual sense of truth. And, you know, there's a little double meaning there. But um, oh, where, where an individual, a solo practitioner, tends to be like when they dedicate themselves to truth. And, yeah, I mean, they're you, and they're willing to admit when they're wrong and change their opinion if new information presents itself. I mean, obviously there's people who are clinging to their pride and their egos who are the exception. But when people are able to let go of that and set aside the pride, they've done just the right amount of acid, but not too much. And <laughs> and they dedicate themselves to truth. Then you have a real fucking force there. And it seems like once you get a group of 10 or 20 that are all kind of like trying to trying to ascertain truth and keep agreement of truth and use propaganda to make sure nobody finds out about how you screwed so and so. Then it, it starts to turn into something else, and I don't know. But, I don't know. You know, and that's where where I do have to say that's where you know in in prior things so I've kind of ragged a little bit on my own experience with the OSOGD, but I got to say that that's where they've actually done it right, where 
you know, Sam has actually kind of said, look, we're not going to be this huge international order. I really want to like really keep it to this lodge kind of structure. And that makes total sense because then it's sort of like you have this group and it's like, okay, the group has this one cohesive point of view. And if you're not into that point of view, you're going to get pushed out. And that may kind of suck for you. But on the other hand, it's going to be good for you in the long run, because if you're not in that group think, then you shouldn't be there and it's not going to be happy for you. And you're going to be happy with it. So move on. It's all good. Um, And I, I think that that's, that's probably to be honest, that's probably the model for what order should really be. Because I think that, that trying to recruit you know, like the old HOMSI, <laughs> um, they, where, where you're like, oh my God, or EOGD. Right. You're like, oh my God, like we have to like put pamphlets and books and like really yeah. recruit a ton of people. That's going to bring too many people with too many like ideas about where things should go. Right. And their own that's agendas. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, because and the, re- the reality is that, yeah, those people should be doing something but maybe not in that order. Maybe they'd be really happier in the OTO or, you know, the, the, the fellowship of light or, or, I'm sorry, servants of light or, or whatever, like go someplace else. They they (laughs) were keying into kind of a Catholic impulse to be the community for everybody and to be all inclusive and to, you know, wash the brain, if you will, of anyone who wasn't quite, you know, fitting in. Yeah, I think that I think that um, at the end of the day, if you find if you find people that have the same kind of goals as you and the same kind of like worldview as you and you want to work together, that's great. And, you know, otherwise, just do your own thing. You know, you're you'll be powerful on your own. Yeah. But that's a solitary perspective. And yeah, there's more things you can get out of the group. And I got to tell you, like. Being in a group, I will say this, it does, even if you are not balanced and you're kind of like still working on your own stuff, the competitive nature, like, so for me, like when I was really kind of younger and, you know, into the group thing, the competitive nature that I kind of inherently had, I would look at people and I would be so inspired by what they would do. I remember this guy, can I say the word Mimo? Can I say yeah. Mimo? No, okay. he, he so we Mimo. talked about his name, Fred, a very honored Fred or Ka, episode 10. Yeah, yeah. So Ka, like, he would just do these rituals. He would just, like, circumambulate the temple, like, just trying to build power and build current and energy. Like, and he would do it for hours. And I'm like, I'm inspired by that. that that's awesome. Work. Or, like, people who would come up with, like, these really amazing insights, like, you know, cause I was like, Oh, well I've, I've done graduate school, so I'm so smart, but I would see people who didn't even have college degrees for various reasons. And it didn't have to deal with their, their intelligence, um, come up with amazingly intelligent insights that I would never have gotten to on my own. Um, and be really inspired by that. So, that's the, the really good part of groups. I mean, it yeah. really gives you that. Um, but, you know, later on, I kind of think that the, um, you, you just have to kind of look at your own, your own philosophy on life and your own, um, 
structure of morality that you've kind of created for yourself? Like what's good, what's bad, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Like what, what is the direction of your life going? Like all that stuff. I, I think that, you know, that becomes more important later on. But I think, I think everyone should, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in a cult, just like join a group, but like before you get into the second <laughs> order research. of, but of anything, yeah. like just really don't drink the Kool-Aid and, you know, like really think about what you're doing. And I think that that whole, like really that self-reflection and the, the, you know, really being discerning about, you know, really getting into the, the Kool-Aid of a group. I think that makes you an adept. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Speaking of Kool-Aid is right at the beginning in the neophyte, you drink the wine. So there's already that moment of, do I trust these people not to have poisoned me or put something funky in this wine? That's true. That's a good point. You don't know. And even after, you know, you take an oath not to abuse my, or hand my mind over through alcohol. And then they say, drink this wine. And it's like, is this a test? Am I are you the exception to the rule? I can I can allow myself to be manipulated by you, just not by anyone else. And it turns out, yes, <laughs> yes, that is in fact the case. <laughs> you know, at least in that's in a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it turns out they are going to put something funky in the wine later on. <laughs> <laughs> not all orders. <sighs> not all orders. It wasn't wine, though. It was a tincture. <laughs> oh, Everybody God. put this in their mouth. Yeah. that. We all put it in our mouths. I still have a bottle. It's kind of sticky. The cap. Shut up. Yeah. That's vile. And then he bragged about it to the people who were in the second order in the office who were among those who had already had some. He bragged about the fact that he put his jism in the tincture of gold and that everybody had some. That That's was so violent. that was the beginning like, of the end. That was Power Week 2009. Could could you imagine like how desperate does someone have to go have to become to like say like cuz it's it's clearly a power thing. Yeah. Like that's clearly like a a a a rapist that's like a rapist mentality because yeah. he like he basically it's the same person who level. would brag about picking up girls in their swimsuits and having their way with them in the 70s and then dropping them off in a bad neighborhood and ha 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 isn't that funny. And I would look at him and go no, it's not funny, you know, but he would keep telling me the stories at Krispy Kreme, you know, it's weird, yeah. weird times, yeah. those 18 and a half years. Yeah, that's really disturbing. That's fucking disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm laughing, but I'm like, I'm like that. I, I totally see that guy doing that. And I think, you know, again, it's kind of like, you know, I think it's really useful in, in that context to go back to. And I'm gonna forget his name. Who is the guy who's like the S and M guy? Oh, Sal. Who was like Sal? And I'm sorry, I'm calling you the S and M guy, Sal. <laughs> Love you, but like that's like anyway. You've got beautiful tattoos. Love you. You were a great guest. Um, sorry, I didn't get to co-host with you. Uh, but the um, you know, you think about like people think, oh, you know, this guy's like this S and M guy. He's gonna be like really disrespectful. I got to tell you, and nothing that he actually said in that interview, like the energy too, was very much like it's respectful, it's consensual, everyone knows what's going to happen, it's like it's mapped out, and I'm like really like I'm taking the role of a hierophant in terms of like really bringing people along on this path of healing. 
Yeah. And you can, you contrast that to this guy who is really into power, but it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to like basically rape you because I'm going to like put something in your wine. I'm going to put my spooge in your wine and you're going to drink it and you're not going to know. And ha ha ha, you drank my spooge. Right. That's kind of rape in a way. Yeah. It is. You know, it's, it's gross. Yeah. And it's not healing and it's, there's nothing good about that. And you know, it's not even, it's not really funny. You know, it, you know it it's, might be it's funny almost like, like he, wanted to, he wanted us to fire him. It's like that, that's the behavior of someone who wants to get fired. Like someone yeah, who goes uh, to Starbucks and shits in the coffee and then brags about it. I mean, wants to get fired. I think, you know. But, but, but like what, what a, you know, and sorry TDL, but I'm going to. I'm going to keep it <laughs> for you until you get interviewed and you can like, you know, I, you come I asked him and he said, if you come up, eventually, but yeah. okay, well, well, this is okay. So I'm going to put words in your mouth to like, try to incite you to come on. So what a TDL would say was like, Oh, well, you know, he's got like, I forget what is it? Is it the six of, of cups or some, or the, the five of cups or something that, that, that Voldemort really is where it's like, Oh, well, he just tries to build like his nature is he tries to build something up so that he can then destroy it. It's like, well, yeah, but everyone else fucking abandoned suffers. Success. So that's yeah. Yeah. Abandoned success. It's like, well, yeah, that's fine. And I can feel sorry for someone. But if you're if you're living through his bullshit, that's really like it sucks. And yeah. he needs to control that. And you've got free will. Like, don't jizz in someone's wine. Like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a basic thing. Like, you guys are enjoying wine right now. You know, like if I said, "Oh, I jizzed in it," like you'd beat the shit out. I would hope that you you both would beat the shit out of me because that's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's wrong at a really basic level. It's like a monkey level wrong. It's like <laughs> yeah, you know, it is, it is. Yeah, the monkey's like jizzing on like, like a random person to like humiliate them, uh, yeah, yeah. and it's like. You know, if look, if I were to go into Voldemort's S and M temple, I would expect that shit. But I didn't pay for it, so I don't want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I I've totally like offended you. No, I know, Janie. No. So, <laughs> well, I don't think you've said anything we disagree with. No. <laughs> I think that art. Art and magic are kind of the same thing. I mean, regardless I of too. regardless of Golden Dawn or not or whatever. Oh wait, 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 wait! Oh yeah, I got uh, So, Janie, you're really interested in video games and occult video games. So, like, what's your thought on that? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> what are your games? There's Baldur's Gate. Um, there's yeah. I'm. You, I think you play newer games than I do. Jamie's I, got I'm like five games. Stuck that she in plays. the past. No, we'll go. We'll go. I can. I can go past. I can go past. Oh, okay. That. Yeah. So I'm really into uh, like role playing games. Um, yep. Anything that's basically like Tolkien based, kind of fantasy okay. with elves and. Uh, but as far as I don't know. I mean. I think I, I we, think I got drunk actually. Well, <laughs> it's three it's 52 in the afternoon. I was so nervous about doing this podcast that I started drinking wine and I think I think I might have gotten too, a little too drunk. 
<laughs> well, you know, I'd love to continue the conversation about occult and video games because a lot, a lot of it's there. And I was actually surprised when, um, when I started playing like, so I, it was really weird for me. So I saw, I started doing more, I would say, um, darker work. Um, when I saw this ad on TV for Silent Hill 2. And it was so fucking scary to me that I'm like, okay, I need to actually buy this game and play it just because I don't want to, because it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. And, but as I started going through the game itself, I'm like, there are all these occult principles that are actually built in this game. So then I played the first one and then I'm like, okay, so I'm picking up this talisman of Metatron and I'm picking up this talisman of like, they, they like had all the, the, um, the, the, the spirits I'm like oh my god like someone's really researched this like they I mean it's not completely correct but it's it's a really interesting construct that they did here hmm. and I was like wow this is really cool but yeah all the stuff um there was a lot of stuff in video games even earlier on before that because I, I I was playing video games since like oh my god the the Atari 2600 games yeah. um so well okay then, like, Pac-Man We've got four ghosts, four elements, four power pellets. There you go. We got Pac-Man in the middle. No, we got the place where the ghosts regenerate in the middle. They're a little LVX station, and then right. and then Pac-Man. What's he about? He's the consumerist. He he's the. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, Japan has this really kind <laughs> oh, of wow. interesting. There, because it's we're looking at them, looking at us, looking at right. them, looking at us. Well, you had the whole Final Fantasy thing where you all, you know, the magic was always about like these these elements, and mm -hmm. it was sort of like you know, if if you were fighting a fire based thing, you needed to, to throw water at it. And uh, uh, Pokemon is is very similar. I know Final Fantasy was before Pokemon, but they actually started using real um, sigils in some of the newer oh. Pokemon. So they already kind of had this elemental aspect to it, but then they brought in like real real sigils into wow. Pokemon. Nice. Uh, you can actually look it up. It's They're legitimate. <laughs> yeah, then, then there's the, uh, the, the soundbite I used for the real Rosencruz Orton. Because then in, in uh, oh yeah that's an anime yeah what, what's it called Trinity something uh blood Trinity blood they have the uh, the Rosicrucian order is a bunch of Nazis and so they have the Golden Dawn symbol from Mercardi's book on a Nazi band we were walking around in Tokyo in uh, Shibuya mm -hmm. Shibuya we were uh. We were so interested in the young people who were walking. Remember that girl who had... They had the Sigillium de Amet. She it was had, a popular shirt. Oh, wow. She had a skirt. This young lady had a skirt on with the entire Last Supper painting. Yep. The Da Vinci. Yep, and they had sweatshirts. <laughs> Just this kind of panoramic skirt they of the, the Last Supper. They had the Tetragrammaton with Tetragrammaton written around it. <laughs> yeah. We were walking with her uncle, and I was saying I was into magic, and he's actually a magician, like a stage magician. So he was like, oh, you're into magic, like stage magic? And I was like, no, no, no. And then this girl came around the corner with a Sigillium de Amet on her shirt, and I just pointed to the shirt, and I said, you see that? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that kind of magic. And he was like, oh, what's that? And I explained John D briefly, and he was like, oh, I think I saw a documentary about that. And I think it's interesting that so many people around 
at least at where I live in Los Angeles, you'll see people walking around with OM on their shirt. Yeah, it's or, the same uh, basic impulse. I think it's the same kind of, you know, I mean, not Reaching to, out for the other. Reaching out for West, what we lack. It's all an illusion, but... It's a pull yeah, toward globalization. Right. It's innate within us. I think it's happening... And the young people For are, all of us. Yeah, yeah. I say the sure. young people as if I'm not... Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm starting to feel old because I still say gay accidentally, you know, at like in, as like, oh, that's gay. Like people don't oh. say that, whatever, you know, we were talking the other day well, about how straight is offensive. Just the fact that straight is a word for heterosexual is offensive. Like, we, or we were saying, is it or is it like square or is it, it does it imply because it used to be straight and queer, then they changed it to straight and gay. But it's just you know, inherently offensive. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'm too old as well, but I, I've developed enough of a thick skin, and I really wish that other people would too, because I think it'll just help them. Yeah. But you know, you, you've got it. I think as any kind of magician, you kind of have to get to a point where anyone can say anything to you, and you're not offended, but like you're not personally affected by it. Right. You're kind of like okay that's where they're coming from. Like you, 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 you actually can take a step back from it and there's no personal charge to you. Yeah. And I actually think what th that's what outer order stuff, whatever order you, you're in, it's the outer order stuff sh that should kind of like ultimately purge that whole like pain of, okay, someone's being a dick. Right. And like, okay, you, you're, they're being a dick and you could call them out for it or not depending on your choice. But that, it doesn't personally affect you unless you want it to. That sticks and stones thing is kind of a, a magical incantation that's given to most children at an early age. Yeah, and I got to tell you, like RuPaul, actually, people like laugh at him because he's a, you know, he was a drag queen, but he had the best thing to say, which was that someone else's opinion of you is none of your business, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Yeah, I. I... I need to embody that more. I spend too much time stressing out about my own paranoia about what people think of me when nobody's actually even thinking of yeah. me. It's totally narcissistic. Very often they're thinking of themselves. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And no matter what, it's none of your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you'll be happier for it. Yeah. I mean, exactly. we all want the privacy of being within our own skulls, right? <laughs> yeah. So and, give that to yeah, everyone else. Yeah, everyone else does too. <laughs> and then there's these people like Voldemort that go around actively trying to get inside your skulls for their own reason. And it's it's disturbing and disgusting and wrong. But it's, it's one of the things that is one of the possibilities created by this world. And I mean... On a certain level, it's part of the great flower of creation, but it's it's a part that I don't personally want to be around. Yeah, and I, and I feel the call to warn people against. <laughs> you know, I told him I loved him the the day that I told him I was never going to talk to him again. Yeah, and I think, but but I think you can love someone and just be. You know, it's kind of like I think, think about the guy I was with for for fourteen years. It's kind of like you know what, love you, but you know what, like let's never see each other again. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And it's fine. It's like you can do that, and and you know it's it's totally fine. It's like yeah, you know, peace be with you. Go with God, but go. Like be right. away from me. <laughs> go with God, but go. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's so good and, and concise. Right. 
Is that yours? Go with God, but go. We need to Google. No, that. I heard it from from an old Jewish guy. Oh, it's like, so good. You know, I love that. <laughs> okay, that sounds that sounds right. That's a, that's like a fiddler on the roof. May God bless and yeah. keep the czar far away from us. Right. <laughs> well, let's see. What is there anything you think we should uh, cover before we start to wrap up? As far as magic, occult, esoterica. Are you asking me? Neil Gaiman. Yeah, just anything um, come to mind. No, but American just, Gods. Uh, great book, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Fucking yeah. Everything book. by Neil oh. Gaiman is amazing. Oh, Neil Gaiman. I too. love him. Yeah. But. Uh, we'll talk more about that. I just. Because like, I don't know him. Oh, you don't? Oh. You're not familiar. Could you tell him about American Gods? Okay, so imagine that the gods were real. <laughs> well, okay. that's, that's a given. So, anyway. Um, when the people uh, immigrated um, to America, they brought their gods with them, and they're still here. And anytime you worship them, um, they get a little more power and they stay in existence. But the second you forget about them and stop worshiping them, they disappear. And so American Gods is the story of the life of the gods um, in America. And it focuses primarily on... Um, uh, Odin or uh, Mr. Wednesday <laughs> and um, the man, the mortal, the His shadow, son. the he man who meets all the woman. gods. And, yeah. One of my favorite things in that book is how he, uh, he talks about the roadside attractions mm. in America and how um, they, they're kind of like the gods themselves because when people focus on them, they become powerful and, um, I think that's so true for for so many things. The focus determines its ability to be potent. Yeah. You, you know, there was a really interesting video game um, that turned everything on, on, on its head. And it, it may be hard to find, but you can at least Google it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's called Plane, Planescape, P-L-A-N-E, Scape, S-C-A-P-E, Torment. Um, and so... It's it's a Dungeons and Dragons game, um, but it turns everything on top of its head. Hmm. So you're you're this protagonist, and you have no name. Um, the you know if you think about like traditional uh, role playing games, like the most important features are strength if you're going to be like a a killer guy or right. you know whatever, or or intelligence if you're going to be a, a mage. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but actually the most important uh, attribute that you have is wisdom uh -huh. um, because it opens up much more stuff in the game for you. And so the whole thing is that you, you end up finding, Oh, and by the way, there, there are almost no usable swords in the game. Like you can't use. So like, it really like messes with everything in, in that whole genre. And what was really cool about the, the game is that it, it, like it takes place in this, this plane called sigil, where um, the the overarching deity of that realm refuses to be worshipped, and every anyone who tries to worship her will get punished by like a horrible, horrible death. Huh. Um, and the other thing, the other thing too, is that um, you know you have the, this whole notion of uh, so, of as you believe something, something becomes true. So mm. if you pretend like, because you don't know your name, if you keep telling people your, 
that your name is this guy's name, Adon, then Mm -hmm. actually this person, Adon, exists and, like, will talk to you. Um, But if you don't do that, if you just say, well, I don't know my name or my name isn't important or whatever, then that person will never exist. So it's this Mm -hmm. whole idea that belief um, actually creates different doors or different avenues or different portals. It's really interesting. I love that. That's like that character from uh, Game of Thrones, the faceless god or something, the one with many faces. Oh, What's yeah. your name? Is... I'm not... I wish my friend Lisa were here. She'd know exactly <laughs> they made I, a character. I watched the show, but I don't They They brought in that actress into Doctor Who and made a brilliant character out of her. Oh, our, 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 what's her name? Arya? Yeah, yeah. Stark. Arya Stark. Oh, anyway. Do you, do you are you up Game on Game of, of Thrones, Thrones and or Doctor Who? Oh, oh, Doctor Who, yes. I'm totally up you on You know the girl that li- lives forever and, and he meets yes. her at the end of the... Oh, that girl. And she has a character yeah. in Game of Thrones, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She's learning cool. from this master who's the faceless one. And she she screws up, though. Well, I, I'm too many spoilers. People are, might not have caught up. Hopefully people... I, it's good. Game of Thrones is actually worth watching, but... I admit yeah, that I have so, a nostalgic tie because Gordon and we used to go over to Gordon's and watch it. And then he passed away. So we watch it and imagine that we're watching it with Gordon. So, Oh, spoiler alert. Everyone dies in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Just a general spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, life. Life spoiler. <laughs> at some point, even at some point it happens. The universe fizzles out. Well, even. they say everybody <laughs> likes an episode where somebody dies. So. Oh, man. <laughs> they, but they complain about it, but they love it, of course. They love to hate it. Mo- Melissa Mednick has a song about that. The Every clown oh, wears a sad I love crown. Melissa Mednick. Yeah. I'll play her song. This. So, Janie, like, top three musical artists. Who do you like? Oh, three. Only three? Well, you can have five. You can have ten. I don't care. Like okay, whatever you so want. Right now, okay. So I guess I grew up on like um, David Bowie and the Beatles and the B fifty twos and the Cramps. <gasps> oh, B fifty twos. Yeah. Oh, I love the Cramps too. Yeah, oh my god. That's like my mom stuff, and she really turned me on to a lot of really great. Um, you the know, Cramps made me laugh all the time. Like <laughs> Sheena's in a goth gang. That was that's that song makes me laugh. Like I, I just know. love it. I love it. Basically, that's the key element of my taste in music. Is I really like comedy, and I really like things that don't take themselves seriously, but have a good rhythm and you can dance to. I love the B fifty twos and the Cramps. And yeah, that. we're we're yeah. listening to Trism right now. By the way, um, you guys don't know it, but the audience knows. My favorite. Um, Right now, one of my favorite groups, I know they're, what, tw- over 20 years old, but I can't get enough of Ween, because they're, they're just kind of, they, oh they don't take Ween themselves so seriously a, at all, but they're so they're amazing. They yeah. be like, and they're, they're really good. But yeah. They're, like, they, they, they're hysterical. They're insanely good. Um, they remind me of what, uh, Reggie Watts, kind of, in that way, where he's just insanely yep. free and talented and amazing, but, like never takes anything seriously and i mean maybe they do but in a light-hearted kind of way and i i just i love that i don't know if you've ever heard of um the bonzo dog band no i've not heard of them okay i would recommend everyone go and listen i'll I'll check them out yeah no i like everyone rags them in england because they think like 
that England thinks this band is like the worst band that ever existed. Um, but there's this band called Alien Sex Fiend, and they have this song Ooh. called Now I'm Feeling Zombified. I love and that song. I, well, my favorite lyric is, you look at a trash bin for something to eat, you find a dead rat, and you think it's a tree. Yeah. Like, that just, like, like made me laugh hysterically. Like, it makes me laugh every time I hear it, because it's just, it's so hysterical. I love, that's that's funny that you mentioned that particular song, because that's, like, they're the song of theirs that I would, like, take with me on my iPod to go, like... I had to have that song. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's fun and it's danceable, but mm-hmm. oh my god, people, people that that are really into music, that they're like, oh my god, I mean, sex scenes like the worst band in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like that. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I like more serious things too, but oh it's, yeah, it's He's... fine. Oh. I do like. Um more serious things as well but my we favorite... got to meet david J and tell him oh his interpretations so my, of his okay. lyrics so my call for david J, i'd love to get him on the podcast because he wrote this book and what a lot of people um who are interested in this podcast a lot of people are probably Bauhaus fans okay. and david J in his recent biography talks about like all this magic that he did to try to get like Bauhaus back and he like Really, it's clear he doesn't like say it outright, but it's clear that he regrets what he did because, like, you they know, sent Peter because... Murphy off on his. Uh... Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Like, here, the idea is that, like, you know, you break up, and you know, David worked with um, Daniel Ash, who I love, right? Um, and and Kevin Haskett. So, like, it was everything of the band about House except for Peter Murphy. So they kind of went on their love and rockets thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peter did his own thing. And I love both of them. Like I love both the work, but they kind of like evolved very differently and they kind of came back. And, you know, when you're a solo artist, like you, you're used to kind of having your own way. And like, when you're kind of in a band, it's kind of like, well, no, you can't just have your own way. It needs to be better. And like all like in interviews recently, they're all like, no, it will never there will never, ever, 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 ever be a Bauhaus reunion ever. <laughs> and and but but David David actually created magic to make it happen, and wow. and it was it was successful. So, huh. but he was he was it was great to get his perspective about like everything from you know his relationship with like Genesis Peorage, who I definitely also went on the show right. to like everything that happened after Bauhaus. And, and I just, I really like him cause he's really smart and he also has a really balanced view of kind of everything. Um, and he's not like a, like he's not a drama queen. No, he like yeah. really is very centered about stuff. So I really like him. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I was a bit intimidated uh, meeting him because I'm such a fan and I'm a big dork and I don't handle oh. myself very well when yeah, I'm I'd be a like, fan. Oh my god, it's David J! Ah! And also, I think he was a little annoyed at us because he was really trying to connect with... Um, we have a mutual friend and uh, I think he really values his time that he gets to spend with the friend that we have in common and I think we were kind of getting in the way of that, so... I definitely picked up on that, but yeah, it would be great to have him on the podcast. I think oh, that yeah. would be wonderful. Yeah. And Genesis, Peorage. 
Well, we've already had season on the podcast. Honestly, like, I I seriously will be, like, the biggest screamy fangirl. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's fun. It's going to be, he's going to be like, he's going to be like, bitch, I'm hanging up now. (laughs) Um. That'll make me feel better. Well, we were talking about the ten little... Oh, um, ten little beauty queens from and, uh, oh yeah, uh, what's it? Urbane, urban urbane. Yeah, we were album. trying to figure out. He, she asked what it meant, and he said, "Well, what do you think it meant?" And she was like, I was "Well, like, well, I, the te- number ten puts me in the mind of ten digits on the hands and toes." And I was like, "It sounded like somebody was cutting off somebody's toes." He was, <laughs> he was like, like, "Wow, like, you're even more twisted than I am." <laughs> he's like, "No, it was just about killing people." I mean, <laughs> was a man who had killed ten. Beauty it was queens. like some story that okay. I, I didn't know, like uh, that actually happened, and he wrote a song about it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, it just it made my imagination run away with me. Well, we listened to that on our first date. Our first date consisted of Janie playing her entire iPod for me. Well, not the entire thing. That would have taken like 50 hours or something. That would have taken four days. But, you know, yeah. it's, actually, it's actually interesting. One of the most disturbing songs, like people always think disturbing songs. They think of like peop- like recent artists where they think of these very explicit lyrics where it's like, yeah, I'm you're gonna cut off your arms and your legs and your toes and but like but actually it was interesting exquisite course from Bauhaus still to me is one of the most disturbing songs Mm -hmm. um where and actually if you think about the the idea of exquisite corpse as you know it's it's like each of the band members kind of had their own part and it was it, it should have been kind of like relatively innocent and like near the like the the last part of Exquisite Corpse, where it's like, you know, um, th- the sky's gone out, where it's just that go- going over and over, is really like disturbing and creepy, and it's probably the the creepiest song I know. I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't contest that, but I love it. Right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, my uh, uh, um, I interviewed Lola and uh, in an earlier episode, and Sal in a more recent episode, and they were the ones who who got me into Bauhaus back in Zelator, which for me was age seventeen. So I was I'm is grateful that to them. Kicked, is, that, is that why Sal got kicked out? For yeah, for introducing me to Bauhaus. No, no, <laughs> I think because he was openly talking about. Yeah, I think what I want to do. Like, you know, if people were asking him, what what is your true will? And he's like, I think my true will is I want to make a spiritual system out of S&M. You know, I think they people just weren't ready for his vision and I, because he's probably a couple oh, yeah. of years ahead because, of his time. Because the five, six initiation. Is, oh, right. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, you're going to like be in a box. Yeah. You're going to be whipped and cut. Like, really? Fucking like it. Sal probably doesn't even draw blood. Like that's Jeez. worse than the five six. So yeah, like there's whatever. A, there's like, a fucking safety <laughs> word. No, the only safety word in the five six initiation is I surrender to the darkness, and that's a fact. <laughs> I then they get send that you pack word. They're like, oh, there's no safe word. Yeah. <laughs> there's no safe word. Yeah, no, it was. I have to go to the bathroom is one way out of the box. The other way out of the box is I surrender out of. I surrender to the darkness. It sounds like failure. <laughs> it is failure, yeah. Oh man. That's not oh I don't want to do this anymore. That's, yeah, my hardest time I was failed. listening to the people laughing in the office and Voldemort telling his funny stories. Cause I mean he was hilarious. But you know, people laughing and then 
him talking and everybody laughing and I'm in a box, you know, and I can't get out and I'm like pissed off that I'm being left out, you know. <laughs> you know, actually I talked with um with a guy. So I talked with him and he actually said that it was actually really quite painful for him going through that very spiritual experience and then like having all the joking and laughing and being very mundane afterwards. And I think that that, right. that was actually quite abusive to people who went through that. And I don't know, I don't know why people did That's that. And I was part of it. And I think that was almost this, this reaction to, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's hard to say. I, I'd love to explore that further maybe another podcast, but it's sort well, of like, like I, it makes me think of the concept and I haven't read it, but the true and invisible Rosicrucian order, like you go through an experience that, I mean, and TDL used to talk about this. He, he'd always say, you know, he doesn't trust, you know, and then he'd say the name, the earthly name of the person that we call Voldemort. And then he'd say, but I love and trust. And then he'd say the inner order motto of the same person as if it were two people. And that, yeah, people got that, that could only go so far you know with some people but um that was his whole thing was was that there's a real spiritual current happening and then there's also this this cheesy used car salesman that we all have to put up with but that's just the nature of the corrosive uh cross at the base of venus you know I, but you know, you know just... i kind of wonder but i kind of wonder though like when you buy into that kind of mythology does that create a duality in yourself yeah. where you know, sure. you're on one hand, you allow your your mundane self to be like this this partier that like you know even would make the most party hardy OTO person blush, <laughs> um, but yet on the spiritual side, you're like, oh well, no, I'm this 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 high priest of 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 God. Well, the um, thunder perfect mind goes all over the place. You know that old Gnostic text where it says, "I am the priest and the horror." So, what if somebody takes that text as their devotional uh, manuscript and decides, "Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be a whore now, and uh, now I'm gonna go be a priest." You know. But I think it's but but actually though I think it's it's better it's it's healthier for sorry for yourself. prostitute I'm sorry if you're if you're both if you're whore and priest at the same time right. and you, you don't have to reconcile this like weird duality where it's like, okay, well now it's nine o'clock. Well, for now Ishtar, it wasn't a duality. Story. She was the whore priest. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that I think almost is, is more healthy than like, okay, well it's nine o'clock. Now I've got to revert to this other personality. Right. I think that that leads to very scary realities where it's like, okay, well now, uh, well now that it's, it's, 12 o'clock or whatever, like whenever you divorce yourself of that reality, now I can totally devalue you as, as a human being and do whatever. Like I don't even see you as a human being and I totally can destroy you. And, Oh, well now it's six o'clock. Well, now I'm going to heal you again. Like that's just really like weird and psychotic and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it sounds familiar as kind of how we're all raised, (laughs) you know, kind of Yeah, parents that that they do their best between five and seven and then some fucking shitty hormones kick in and then they're taking their they're getting back at their parents by abusing you all of a sudden. Right. And, you know, everybody's part angel and part demon and sinner and saint. And uh, the best we can do is just fucking not have kids. (laughs) <laughs> but, but, but actually but even that consistency of where you're kind of like okay look yeah i'm both or and i'm priest and 
here's how it's all going to go down. And you get stuck you know, in that too. And that becomes a dogma. And then yeah. Re, yeah, uh, restriction is sin becomes your dogma. And, <laughs> and you don't see the irony. <laughs> yeah. <it's cool. laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, it's all fucked up. Do what you ever, whatever you want. Just don't yeah. kill anyone. Yeah. And it harm <laughs> without yeah. yeah. The old Wiccan thing. No, but but I think that it's also therapeutic for people who've been in that situation or any any cult where they're kind of like, okay, like I don't because I think that people who've been in in other bad situations with religions or cults or whatever are kind of like, I mean, I I think that the most striking thing about my conversation with that guy that I mentioned was that it was so fucked up for him that he needed to actually go back to history and say, did this really happen? Right. Like I heard this, did, was that real? Like, and that's the thing. Like, it's like, I think that it's useful to bring these things up because it's kind of like, yeah, you could be, you, if you get in this bad situation, you could be in this cult where you, yeah, you're drinking this old guy's calm. Right. That by the way, has no teeth and he just has dentures. Like it's like, that's how gross it is. Um, and it's not spiritual and it's not mystical. It's just like, yeah, you're drinking this guy's cum. Like, you know, oh, that's your gosh. thing. Fine. But yeah. like, you know, I kind of wanted a meal out. Like someone should buy me dinner before that. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, you mean these no, days it's, it's these days it's considered polite to discuss beforehand whether you're going <laughs> to go all the way and ejaculate even if it's a blowjob. But if you're just having... You know, if you're taking medicine, you expect it not to be semen, you know, or at least be told, you know, I mean, if it's Chinese medicine, if you're seeing some freaky Chinese doctor and he says, oh, it is a little bit of root and a little bit of my cum, you know, and you're into that. Like bull semen. Right, right. Bull semen, you know, not like Larry's semen, you know, like. uh... This medicine's going to be a little bit salty. (laughs) (laughs) Like. At least that, you know, you're like, yeah. no, I kind of have an allergy to salt. He's like, well, that's okay because it's not salt. What Yuck. Is the salt in the, the salty. I don't want to know. Never mind. Let's not Google it. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> well, should we wrap up? Uh, it, you know, um, art and magic. Did we explore that? Art, magic, and video games. I think that I Jonathan think this is Sims. Three episodes. Jonathan Sims is. Uh, oh. You remember? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, the anonymous guy that does virtual reality stuff. Yeah, yeah. love that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a great episode. I think he's right there on the frontier, and I feel bad that I haven't already gone and seen the thing that he just debuted that is already making waves in the mm. the media because I'm stuck on my own. Oh, I got to do an episode of the Esoteric Nerd later. I'm just going to do yoga now. <laughs> Can't sit down and, and, and stare at the glowing screen for other people. That'd be too much. No, I... Janie's doing some really great, like, f- nail stuff. She's, have you ever seen, what's it called? Marbleized? Yeah, like when you marbleize a sheet of paper by dropping paint in water and then putting the paper on top of the water. Right. It's kind of like that, but with fingernails. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, do, so are you kind of doing the art on, 
some sort of medium before you put on the nails, oh, or just you... straight onto her fingers. I, oh my gosh, uh, I, I that's intense. The nail polish into water, and then I dip my fingernail in the water, and then it sticks to my nail. So. But then she uses fingernail polish remover if she doesn't like it, and does it again. Wow, she's learned. That's so cool. Experimenting. Yeah, I never knew that cosmetology was so artistic. artistic. I'm glad I'm in school. I wanted to go to art school, but cosmetology school is more uh, lucrative, I think. For now. But yeah. Well, you know, and it's interesting, too, because if you think about the um, the nature of the bone or the, 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 the material of fingernail, it's kind of, you know, it's akin to Saturn. So you right. can actually use it, and like the finger that it's on. Like, there's all sorts of things you could probably do with it that I haven't ever thought of. She's doing her active spirit uh, fingernail at this point, or is the, the thumb not considered a finger? The thumb is considered in Latin. It is referred to as the polex, mm. the polar mm. opposite of the fingers. Um, that whereas the there's the polex and the index. I still do that when I stub my toe. I think, oh, it's on my hoed foot. It's because I'm <laughs> thinking too much, you know. <laughs> oh, it's on my net sack foot. It's because I'm desiring wrong, you know. I'm still stuck in that man, the microcosmic mirror of the universe. Yeah. All that horse shit. I don't know. <laughs> I like the, I like it, though, because it's, it's, if you think about the the self as kind of like, okay, you have access to, I mean, it, it actually, you know, it's, it kind of gets into this notion of you have everything at your disposal. And I really like that, that idea. And True. it's, it's a precursor to a lot of the, the new agey stuff that you kind of get now where it's kind of like, okay, well, we're all one. Well, what does that actually mean? And you think about healing and you're, you're like, okay, well you can just become someone and enter their body and, like heal them from that that place, um, and that's essentially what the fifth knowledge lecture is trying to say. But it doesn't. It has that Victorian language in it. Right. That that's really hard to 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 get at, and that's really what it's saying. It's like okay, we're all one, and what are the implications of that? And like, yeah, you have the whole universe to you. So if you have all the entire universe within you, what can you do with that? Yeah. And I I love that that idea. And it, it it just it it really is is it needs to be updated for modern language. Someone I, needs to update it. I think that where it goes wrong is when people take it too far or too literally. Like someone could be poetically very poignant and say, for example, uh, you know, um, the Western Bloc is like the right arm of western civilization and the eastern block is the left arm of western civilization and people go oh yeah that's interesting hmm good point but if you take it too far then like in the example of the microcosmic man lecture you end up thinking that reason has to do with your right foot and desire has to do with your left foot and the reality is that no you know, <laughs> the reality uh, right, is, exactly. you know, like feet do what feet do. And, you know, right and left, like maybe the lunar current and the solar current, there's some truth there. But I, I think you're getting way too, like not you personally. I mean, people who who take uh, the the not the Lurian what's the other guy, the Kircher tree to as dogma, 
like the the, Ger- yeah, the German the Jesuit yeah. in 1650s that uh, yeah. decided the tree should yeah. look like it does, and you know, therefore our right arm is Mars and our left arm is yeah. Jupiter. No, no, no. Mars is going on uh, all around, and so is Jupiter. Yeah, he says. Yeah, Burr. totally. Yeah. So I mean, I think passive and active energy and masculine and feminine energy are going on in every individual cell. And well, that's, that's well, that's how I think it's that, always that, been. That some of the Boda stuff got got a little bit off base, where it's like, yeah. oh, well, you have to be totally heterosexual because if you're not, then you're like some like weird demonic thing that's right. been you well know, that was in the 80s there was, there was a, a you know? the, the head kind guy was gay for like the... for 15 years apparently and then he died and the people who took over were spiteful and they went through that unfortunate period that lasted from 1982 until 1989 and then the people that took over after that was like disregard that whole anti-gay thing sorry about them and uh that's the history i uh i gleamed from my mouth to ear uh, conversations in Boda meetings asking about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 that same kind of thing. It's like, well, don't you you can't take this all super literally. A lot of it, if you're dealing with sigils, then you can't look at a sigil and say, oh, well, based on the curvature of this sigil, you should cut off your right ear because that's going to make you more like. It's just crazy. Like, don't be don't be weird. Just like chill out like you know, yeah have a beer. it's meant to be tools and, and toys for you to use and play with not not and exactly. not a prison for you to lock yourself in chill because out. you think you should yeah i agree yeah i agree wholeheartedly that's what i've been saying the whole time usually people are you know they grow up locked in some kind of post puritan cage and then they want to break out so they go into an occult concept and then they construct a brand new cage that looks just like yeah. the old cage but slightly different and has pentagrams there, there's this do you, okay did, did either of you guys ever see mystery science theater 3000 when oh, it was on hell yeah, yeah of course. okay <laughs> so the lyric the, the lyric i loved that song that that opens up and don't ask me how i remember this but it's like <laughs> If you're wondering how Joel eats and sleeps and <laughs> other science facts. facts. <laughs> la, la, la. Just, just, just repeat to yourself. It's, it's just, just, it's just a, show. a show. I should, I should really, really just relax. But it's like that. It's like, don't be, don't be so weird about this stuff. Like it's, it's natural. Yeah. If you're wondering why the stole is these, see, like he's thinking about work. <laughs> just to repeat la, la, la. it's just a fucking hobby. I should be really just. I'm gonna relax. not be such a dick. <laughs> I remember my sister trying to tell me when I was young, this is what we call in the real world a hobby. <laughs> something you do and you put energy into that you don't make money from but you get some kind of other benefit from is a hobby exactly (laughs) she's like you need a job in order to have a hobby on the side you can't do the hobby 24 7 expect to get through life and i was like fuck you kim oh thank god for my sister Seriously. Yeah. <sighs> well, thank you very much for joining us on the Esoteric Nerd podcast, sweetheart. Oh, you're welcome. I hope that. So nice meeting you, Janie. You too. 
We should hang out for. Oh, I mean, for reals. Let's hang out when we're not reals. recording it. Yeah, and... when we're all yes. in the same place. Yeah, however... we are in the same place. Yeah, we're in the big studio. Right, and John is as John left yet. He should still be like working. I know, because... seriously. Oh, I think he's I mean, he watching gets... TV. <laughs> That's awesome because he gets paid like fifty-five bucks an hour. Like, go figure. <laughs> well, he has to do research and tell me what's on. Yeah. Right, like a Daily Show correspondent. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope that now that everybody knows who you are, that you'll be willing to jump in sometimes as uh, co-hosts, if, especially if you are interested in who the guest is. Well, if I'm not completely exhausted from from hair your, school, your school schedule, but you're graduating what August, right? Yeah. So after August, you'll be on your own schedule and. Yeah, and I'll be back. Master of your own destiny. Yeah, that was my. Um, wish for my new year was to be the master of my own destiny excellent yeah because you know if we if we do get genesis on then i need we'll probably need the 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 other co-host because i'll just be sitting there going oh my god genesis love me love me okay we're gonna edit that out But we're not really. I love how you say we're going to edit things out and then they end up being the best part of the podcast. We always, I know that's that's actually the most hysterical part. I've been doing that on purpose ever since you mentioned it. Oh, we're going to edit this out. And because like all the parts that you want to edit it out are the part that make me like you more. (laughs) I'm like, oh. It's fun. So we got to get Neil Gaiman on here. We got to get Alejandro Jodorowsky on here. Uh, who else? I mean, my dream guests. Yeah. Those are some dream guests. I want to get Chicken Tabitha Cicero oh, on that'd here. Be great. I, they oh, that'd be so much I fun. think maybe my messages are going into her filtered messages. You know how there's that phenomenon where <laughs> phenomenon. <laughs> phenomenon. Yeah, but the only thing I have to remember with Chicken Tabitha, because honestly, like they were the first. They were like when I was 15 years old. They were like the first occult books I ever bought. Like, they, like. It was Chicken's Habit to Cicero, and you're kind of like, I wonder, you know, you're like, oh, I wonder who these people are. Right. And, like, to actually be talking to them, like, live, I still would have to, like, repress the whole, oh, my God, I'm talking to Chicken's Habit <laughs> I could, like, repress that. Now, I had the weird-ass experience of, you know, when I was 16, I joined this thing, and I'm like, what is this? What? Huh? Oh, it's called The Golden Dawn? Okay. Oh, there's a book? Really? Oh, oh! It was written by the guy who was a student of the guy who was a schismite. Oh my gosh, how awful! Oh gee, oh, and then there's this other order that's from the lineage of the guy who published all the books, and then he keeps publishing books. They're just so far off the real lineage of the traditional Golden Dawn, oh, which is yeah, the but, secret. But honestly, that uh, you yeah, know, it's unbelievable. Deal. That was my which, indoctrination, and that was I yeah. didn't know of Cicero as anything else before I knew him as that. Yeah, but I remember that the the um the tool book. The tool book. Oh, hell oh yeah. my god! Oh yeah, once... that was like the best book yeah, ever. Yeah, we, yeah. My mom was using that around in this room we're in right now to build a traditional GD temple. And I, by the way, I suck at anything artistic, like physical artistic. Like I just can't do anything. And they, like, they totally their books totally helped me through everything. I was able to really build everything by looking at their their books and stuff. They were so great with that. Yeah. Okay, can I just give give a quick segue? Like, this is totally a tangent, but, yeah. you know. Um, so, uh, I didn't know freaking anything about 
painting or like using any kind of art or anything like I started I remember I was building my first tools okay it was like okay well you know reading the grade material I'm like okay well I go to Michael's I can okay this is what I need so I like I go to Michael's really excited I found like a disc that's going to be my first pentacle or whatever pentacle or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um and so like I don't know what to buy so I first buy like oil paints and I don't understand the oil paints like never dry. Like they don't dry very quickly. Right. And so I'm like, why are they smearing? <laughs> so then, then I like put it, I redo it with the paints and I put it in the oven. Um, and that doesn't work because they, they're still smearing after like a couple hours. <laughs> and then I'm like, what's well, kind of cold outside. Maybe they'll dry faster <laughs> if they go outside. No, like I was so freaking clueless. <laughs> Until I was like, I don't understand this gray material. I'm just going to buy Chick's book. And then, like, it totally... They're like, use acrylic paint. I'm right. Like, oh, acrylic. Oh, oh, this is working so much better. <laughs> oh, man. It was... I was so clueless. I was awful. Yeah, oil paints so look amazing. But, yeah, they they take forever to dry. I've I've learned that when you use acrylic paint and then you coat it with a clear fingernail polish Ooh. and then you get some essential oil on your hands Uh-oh. and you pick up your tool, oh, you no. totally fucked it up. <laughs> you learn that although, the hard way when you're an Essagera nerd. <laughs> although I got to tell you, like there were some great things I learned um, later on from like people who were awesome at tools, like B, who like and I, it was like using stencils to like you do letters like when i did my rose cross i did um stencils and just cut them out and like put them on and they were so beautiful because they like they they're they're raised on oh my god it was so beautiful but like it's like these weird tricks and, and stuff you actually do learn from people um that like that kind of makes an order experience better but like yeah. you kind of have to go through that yeah yeah, you know, it's it's hard to explain to someone that you got something really, really positive and good and unique and special out of an experience that involved accidentally drinking cum. <laughs> you know, honest to God, though, if you think about it, that's like the that's like that's honestly like what a twelve-year-old would do. Like, oh, I'm gonna spike a punch. <laughs> like, I'm gonna like jerk off into, into yeah. the punch bowl. No, it's in like, that's really a 12 year old thing. We, we all applauded when Brad Pitt did it, you know, in the fucking uh, movie. You know? I wouldn't uh, recommend uh, the clam charter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, right? uh, when they're on our side, it's okay. I mean, at least it's like, it's creepy God, when, it. it's creepy when thousands of people chant Trump, but it's, I like it when they chant Bernie personally. <laughs> but honestly, like, you know, at least at very least, you know, as much as, as that particular order always slam the OTO, at least the OTO tells you like, look, the cakes of light are made from yep. menstrual blood. And like, that's the deal. And right. at least, you know, like what, what you're getting into. And, the, and you know what, look, if it's consensual, I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Like do okay, what you're going to do, they, but don't, don't like laugh about it afterwards. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. did you enjoy that cake? <laughs> you know, that's just gross. <laughs> <laughs>
By the way, happy um, first day of the writing of the Book of the Law day yesterday. Oh, good. That was all happy, over happy. the news feed. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're making fun of me. I'm taking it all very personally. Because like there was that episode what? a couple episodes no, ago. Like, whatever. I said, I no, I think book of the law. I think it's all. I think it's all good. I mean, you know, if people get something out of it, like that's that's awesome. And I know that there's that mathematical puzzle in it that no one's really solved yet. Oh, so that every number is infinite. No, no, no. There's there's actually a mathematical puzzle um, in the book of the law, and people kind of done some interesting analysis really? of it. There's um, a few of those in yeah. the Bible. I hear. Yeah, there's an explicit one, um, and I can't. I don't I, everyone everyone who's read the book of the everyone who's in the OTO knows what I'm talking about. Every like it's it's a here's the puzzle and no one's like part of it can be solved, part of it can't. Um or it's like the right hand can be solved, the left hand can't, or something like that. And you're gonna like you know what, honestly, like do yourself a favor, edit that stuff out because uh, you're gonna get like so much hate, like all I oh know my god, how, is how can he say this? Men this. are like ugly Men, no, men are beautiful no. and life, and women are death and ugliness. I remember Whatever. that part. But maybe that was a separate poem. I think the thing is that, like, his children didn't have, like, really great parenting. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you didn't want to be was Aleister Crowley's son or daughter. It didn't work out for you. <laughs> Um, um, well, thank you very much, sweetie, for for being a guest tonight thank you, and guys. for humoring me with my silly podcast. I really didn't co-host. want to do this, but I really wanted to talk to Joe and hang out with Joe. And um, I yeah, would, we got to hang out with you, Joe. We got to come out to New York, yeah, and hang to... out with you and beep. Yeah, and you're you're a wonderful addition to this podcast. So thank you for your. Well, and you will be too as you become a co-host. <laughs> I know you will. Be. I just like to jump in when I get interested, but. But yeah. you're you're dedicated, and I think that's great. Thank you for. Oh, it's fun. Oh, that's. I'm not good. dedicated. I just do it for. for oh, for that's the fun. good. Okay, <laughs> I'm cool. glad it's not a sense of I must do this or else. Yeah, <laughs> I jump back and forth between an odd sense of dedication and 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 a sense of fun. Enjoyment. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> but you're you're wonderful. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> thank you. I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, and thank you for humoring me to, tonight, and uh, and we'll see you next time. Okay. Okay. Bye, Bye Jeannie. Bye. 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 Thank you, Jeannie, for being our guest on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast tonight. Thank you to Joe, my co-host. Thank you to Susumu Ueda. Thank you to Camille and Kennerly. Thank you to Michael Jackson, Libera, the B-52s. Thank you to Brian Dahl. And most importantly, thank you to you, the esoteric nerd listening to this podcast. As mentioned during the interview, we will close with Melissa Mednick's Floods, Fires, and Liars. You can fight fire with fire, and I've had a burning desire since I met you, when I met you. 
Thank you. 